if you go outside, you can smell that smoke that Tim, yeah. Tim was just talking yes, about. Yes, you can. Yes, the uh, smoke from the Canadian wildfires yeah. uh, still with us. You know where I didn't smell it, where everybody said I would smell it, uh, in New York City. I was in New York. You're back in New York. And it, early, it was... Earlier this week, I didn't, I didn't smell one thing there. Hmm. Uh, a week week ago or so, a little over a week ago, they were referring to New York City as the big orange rather than the big apple because of the orange color in the yeah, sky nothing. under the smoke. Didn't notice it. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Of course, the garbage they put in the street <laughs> kind of masks. <laughs> You know, they do put the garbage out, out right front, in the middle of the There are street. no alleys. Yep. Right they the put air. it out there, and curb. it's picked yeah. up there. Yes. Nothing is more inviting. Nothing says welcome to our city <laughs> more than seeing a rat eating uh, the garbage uh, that's in the street. I can only imagine if it's really hot and humid what that might be like oh, there. Oh, it's lovely in New York. <laughs> I think they've bottled that scent somewhere. Ah! I hope that someone has made a candle. Yeah, exactly. That would be a nice, uh, a New York City smelling <laughs> can. <laughs> Lovely. Disgusting would that be? <laughs> That's my observation for the week. <laughs> happy Father's Day to all. Celebrating. Andy's a dog dad. I'm a dog dad. So happy uh, Father's Day to you. Thank you. Otis got me some nice things. Really? No, not really. Because but... I used to, when I had a dog, a friend of mine would send me a card every year. I had a Father's Day because you were a dog daddy. Because I was a dog dad, but the my my would write, you know, like a, like the way a child would write with letters backwards and <laughs> upside down, <laughs> a little paw print at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I used to look forward to that. We got together with my my parents last night because we have plans this evening to go to Ravinia. Ooh, look so, at you, Mister Fancy. Yes, we're going to see Chicago, Chicago. How about yes. that. Chicago. Yeah. Oh. Um, but my my mom got me uh, a bunch of stuff as a da- as a dog dad. I got a couple shirts yesterday. Very nice, which was very sweet. One shirt in particular has uh, has my, the picture of Otis on it. Really? Yeah. An actual picture of your yeah. dog. Otis is kind of screened onto the shirt. Yeah. Look at that modern technology. My mom, she's she's clever. She is. Now, Dean, if we had sh- shirts with Otis on them, it, they would not be the Otis that Andy is referring to. No, it wouldn't be my dog. It, it would, would be, be another person. It, it would be a, an Otis that a different Andy. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. That I is like correct. That. There's a good connection there, yes. <laughs> I would love a, a shirt with Otis Campbell. <laughs> that would be the greatest gift that I ever got. <laughs> Walking down the street with a great big Otis picture on the front of your shirt, you'd get some stares. That's for sure. Do I want Otis in the cell? <laughs> Do I want him? Uh, didn't he walk a donkey down the street? He, a, cow. a cow. It was a cow. a cow. It was a cow. It was right? a cow. He was riding the cow. He wasn't. He wasn't. That's uh, right. That's... He wasn't walking the cow. He was riding the cow. But I wanted Otis Campbell all dressed up in a suit that didn't fit him because... <laughs> With he, the tie all askew. He apparently was uh, the uh, uh, relative of the founder of Mayberry, one of the heroes of... That's right. Mayberry. Yes. And anyone who is under 80 years old, maybe do someone... Not, they do not know what we're Yeah, someone will explain what we're talking about. Keith Urban starting us off. One of many fathers' songs we'll be featuring on the show today. I like this song from Keith Urban. A song for, my, a song for Dad, it's called. Uh, I mostly like the lyric, Every day I see more of my father in me. Do you 
you guys do that at all? Do, do you see your father yes. in you at, yes. All, at all? Yes, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> Mostly it's with noises. Uh, like when I it, when I get out of a chair, uh, when I... It's <laughs> uh, like, oh, hi, Dad. That's the noise he used to make when he used to get up. <laughs> walking, my, my get out of bed walking, you know, until I get everything all lubed up. Yep, got to loosen up. Loosen up a little bit. I've got the same... Uh, Swagger that he, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I find myself saying things. Oh yeah, and Definitely. doing things, saying the same type of phrases, maybe, right. or using the same type of of uh, uh, words, right. wording. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I say all the time, uh, you know, f- phrases that my my dad said uh, that. <laughs> Really, like you know, and someone said, "Are you from World War Two? That, that you would, that you would say, I, "I can't even think of one now," but they, they come up uh, just out of nowhere. Uh, oh, good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. I find myself saying good night, Irene, all the time. Uh, because my dad said that all the time, hmm. so I don't know. I don't even know who Irene is. Yeah, you don't have to do a DNA test with my dad and myself. The acorn did not fall extremely far from the tree. The acorn or the apple? <laughs> Either of them. Either of them. <laughs> Andy considers himself an acorn. I like the acorns. Because <laughs> he's a little nuts. <laughs> well, oh, I'm a lot nuts. That's okay. That's, yeah. a, that's a story for another day. Like, what's one thing that you think that, that you notice? It's just personality-wise. We say, uh, we say some of the same things in the same mannerisms with, you know, Awful dad jokes and just mm. can't, let, can't let it go. Yeah. The low-hanging fruit just cannot let it go. Right, 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 right. Schwanny, how about you, the great Paul Schwan? Well, one of the things, of course, you you were fortunate to meet Dad several times, and he was a person. Who, I liked him much better than you, by the way. <laughs> I know that. I know. I that. think most people who no, met you I Dad know liked him. I, I much hear that. Better than I hear you. that all the time. Yeah. You know, but seriously, you know, you you he never met a stranger. He, oh, you know, was as conversant as anybody else you would know, and on many of our trips. You know, we'd be in a restaurant or we'd be visiting a, a, an historic monument or something, and he'd say to the people there, we came all the way from Chicago to visit today. I'm finding myself doing that myself right now. I was in Virginia just a week and a half ago with Gilda, and just we were in a store con- and strike up a conversation with-, with people saying, you know, I'm all, I came all the way from Chicago to come and visit here. <laughs> And the people are going, I just want to buy a gallon of milk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just came here to get some gum. We were we were in a, a marvelous old-time store. What was the name of that store? Anderson's General Store. Oh, more free stuff. <laughs> it's the only reason Schwanny goes paid to places on vacation. I for everything I bought in there. Yep. But Schwanny I, is the king of uh, <laughs> swag now. I... I you thought I, other people on this station were on the take. Oh, I, my gosh. I said to the lady, I, I'm visiting here from Chicago, and this store reminds me of a wonderful general store like this in the Traverse City, Michigan area. Dad would have done the same thing. Wow. And Gilda's going, come on, come on. we got to go. <laughs> poor, poor Gilda. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's nice. It's nice, uh, you know, for all that stuff. Uh, like father, like son. Like right? father, like son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason that's uh, an expression. Uh, in honor of my dad today, I'm going to put on a shirt and tie and cut the grass. Because <laughs> <laughs> anyone who did knew he wear my a dad, tie? he did wear it. Well, yeah, if he was doing heavy work, he'd take the tie off. But he would still have a dress shirt on 
cutting the grass. I have pictures of him like working in the yard. Dad would wear an older white shirt yeah. out in the yard. I here's just something about that generation. Yeah. Oh, and here's something he else. He's he wanted to look sharp. He did so much work around the house where I grew up. And if he needed to go to the hardware store to get something, mm-hmm. you know, he said, oh, got to go get some more nails or something like that. And he was in his work clothes. He would change out of the work clothes oh, into something more presentable, more presentable, and then go to the store. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that generation. I'm telling you. It is. Uh, there is not a picture of my dad who who passed away i want to say 96 i think 96 98 somewhere i I don't remember the exact year it's a long time ago uh there's not a picture of him uh not (laughs) sharp clothes Mm -hmm. it's just he was a sharp dresser even if he was cutting the grass outside that's why i say i'm gonna get all i'm gonna go put a suit on today and uh, cut the grass that's go, go do some yard work as if i don't give my neighbors enough to talk about <laughs> yeah oh what's he doing now oh, now what's he doing <laughs> crazy guy finally put some clothes on to do some gardening you know it's funny we were at a restaurant last not night out in his bathrobe I, not, my, breaking the not in my bathrobe but if i'm out in the yard working i'll put like if like a t-shirt and you know shorts on something and often I realize that, uh, you know, that phrase, uh, plumber's crack? Oh, man. <laughs> that I'm in my own yard, you know, it's, but I realize if anyone's looking at me, <laughs> first of all, why would you want to look at me? We're digging in the yard. But it's not pretty. <laughs> I apologize. I've apologized many times to my neighbors. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Just put up a sign. Yeah, as you're working out there, yeah. we apologize sorry for the for, inconvenience. Sorry for what you may see in this display. It's not pretty, especially when it gets sweaty. <laughs> well, they'll see oh, me today my. in the full. I may wear a tuxedo. I may. I may oh, go. Oh, there nice. you go. I may go full tuxedo today. Well, it is Father's Day. Yeah. What were you going to say? You were going to say something? I was going to say we were at a restaurant last night, and it's it wasn't a fancy place, but it was you know more than uh, you know McDonald's or something like that, but. My mom kind of looked at looked at us at the table, and there were a couple came in. One guy was wearing shorts and had flip flops on. Mm. This is a place that charges thirty bucks for a you know piece of steak. Yeah, she's like, I, I don't get it. I just don't understand how people can come in here looking like that when they're charging that much for a, yeah. a piece of meat. There's generally a lack of, I don't know, it's, it's civility, it's civility not exactly or. Propriety, or, yeah, awareness, right? <laughs> awareness, or you know, yeah. pride I'm, in appearance. Dad would complain about that a lot. You yeah. know, he'd say people don't dress up at all anymore. Yeah. You know, I remember like if you'd go on an airplane, you get dressed up. Yeah. Back oh, in, he would back. wear, and we would be on vacation, and he would be there in a suit and tie. Yeah. Yeah, oh that, yeah, yeah. That's what dads did. Andy, I'm sure Dad wore a tie when when our fathers had lunch a year and a half ago. Together. He did. I know he had a sport almost coat on. two years yeah, ago. You know, I know he had a sport coat on. Yeah. Were you not there, Schwanny? I was there. I said the four of us. You know, it's funny. Andy's That's father funny. and my dad. That, I wouldn't have been surprised if the three and of them. And we invited you. The three of them went uh, out and didn't invite you. <laughs> Let's not tell We them. invited you, and you said, no, I don't feel like coming. That, <laughs> that, that lunch, that lunch came up last sure night. I'm sure that's not exactly <laughs> I don't want to go. Yeah, we were talking about that lunch last night. I spend enough night. time with you guys once a week. <laughs> <laughs> 
My dad was so thankful that we were able to make that. I am happen. thankful that he he was really diligent about making yep. that happen. Now, I don't yes. think I was invited. Now you were you're... invited. I don't think so. Yes, you were. And you said no. I'm. I'm going to have to side with Shawnee on this one. You see? Were... Yeah. I think you're both drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Was I out of town? I don't remember. You had something else going on. I think you had to work in your yard. I think you had to work in your yard. I'm sure I must have been out of town. You were pressing your suit to go outside to work. Because otherwise, I am a big fan of Andy's dad and a big fan of... A much bigger fan of uh, Paul Schwann than I am of Dave Schwann. Uh, I would have definitely jumped at that opportunity had I been available. Yeah, maybe you were out of time, or you had something. You had another something. Better. Something it was yeah, it's something much more important. To do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am like that sometimes. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Yeah, you catch me in the wrong mood, and I'm, <laughs> if I don't take you my, you only meds, have one mood. <laughs> I, don't take my, I don't take my meds. I could be a little bit difficult to be. I readily admit that. <laughs> Uh, I was uh, picking out, uh, you know, l- listening to dad songs to feature on the show today, sitting back at my desk in tears because, you know, that'll bring back, uh, you know, these songs. Oh, they're, they're killers. <laughs> they bring back uh, a lot of memories. OK, well, thanks for the no, sympathy you, on I, that. I totally agree. Yes, <laughs> I do. So we'll feature them and we'll all all be all weeping, all weeping be commiserate weeping together. together. No, you know what I want to do today? I I, um, I want to celebrate uh, dads today. In fact, I want to do a couple of at least two or three segments today on the show today, where people call us up and tell us why their dads are or were so uh, important in their lives. So we just later on, we'll just open up the phone lines. And people can, uh, you know, just call and, hey, my dad's name is so-and-so, and he did this, and, you know, we used to do that, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think that would be nice. Yeah. Right? That would be great. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We've done it on Mother's Day, too, in the past. Yeah. So, sure. Uh, yeah, so we're going uh, to celebrate dads on the show today. We've got, uh, 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 we've got uh, Chris Hemsworth, who's going to be on the show today. That's who I was talking to in New York earlier this week uh you know from the marvel universe he's the mighty thor marvel universe he's got a new movie out that's on netflix now called extraction two i want to talk a a little bit about that we'll get to all of our regular features today and the folks from weber are going to be joining us today father's day seems like a good day to talk about grilling and all things uh you know accessories and and things like that So we've got a lot of good things here today and your far-flung forecast next. Thank you very much, Mr. Richards. Good morning, everyone. Get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled devices because today we go to Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington has a population of just over 208,000 people, uh, became a town and then eventually a city in the 1800s. Uh, but there has been uh, human existence there uh, dating back to maybe 10,000 years. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Various uh, 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 indigenous tribes lived there really? eight to 10,000 years ago. And the name Spokane is a Native American term meaning children of the sun. Oh. 
So we mentioned Spokane because it is also home to a lady named Sonora Smart Dodd. Any idea of what... I love that name. Yeah, isn't that a beautiful name? Sonora Smart Dodd. Sonora Smart Dodd. She was actually born... Dodd. Dodge. Dodd. D-O-D-D. D-O-D-D. She was born in Arkansas, but uh, her family moved to Spokane in the late 1800s, and she is generally credited with uh, instigating Father's Day. Mm. One of the first Father's Day observances was held in Spokane, Washington. Then in uh, 1916, President Woodrow Wilson sent a telegraph to Spokane saying uh, how uh, he admired the observance. Then in 1966, President Johnson signed a proclamation declaring the third Sunday of June as Father's Day. And then President Nixon finalized that, making a personal national, a permanent rather, national observance for the third Sunday of June each year. You mean that it wasn't officially Father's Day until Johnson and Nixon? That's right. Hmm. Yeah, when formally a formal recognition wow. by uh, by the government. Yeah. Slackers. Yeah. <laughs> Sonora Smart Dodd, by the way, lives so until... So this holiday could have been called Dodd's Day. It could have been Dodd's Day. It could have been uh, uh, Dad's Day. It could have been Sonora's Sonora. Day. She lived until uh, 1978. She was 96, wow. and she was the daughter of an American Civil War veteran. Her father, she greatly admired her father, who was in the Civil War, William Smart. But uh, Sonora Smart Dodd lived in Spokane, Washington. I'd like Smart to be in my name. I'd like to take that on as Boy. a new middle name. <laughs> Man, Dean, I'll tell you. Dean Smart Richards. <laughs> Intelligentsia. Just, just so people can react exactly the way the, Swatty yeah. just did. That's the only reason I would. <laughs> Wearing your t-shirt with Otis right. Campbell on the front of the it. Irony, right? The irony of me having a, a middle name of Smart. It is sunny and 52 in Spokane, Washington. Happy Dodds Day. <laughs> Normally at this time, we would talk with our pal, Dr. Kevin Most. He's taking the week off. And uh, we are so happy to have joining us uh, on the uh, segment today, uh, Delia Gervier, who is the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association, uh, the Illinois chapter. Delia, welcome back to the program. So nice to talk to you. Good morning, Dean. It's great to be here. June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. We were talking a little bit about this with Dr. Most uh, last week. But uh, what what does that mean uh, exactly? What what does uh, the month of June represent to the Alzheimer's Association? So during the month of June, it's an opportunity for us to just reinforce the messaging around raising awareness about the seriousness of the disease. Um, Certainly, we try as best as possible to get the warning signs out, the 10 warning signs, um, signs and symptoms. And we encourage families, if they know there's something different about a loved one that could possibly be going through this journey to seek out early diagnosis. Um, that's, I mean, we do this throughout the entire year, but particularly around the month of June. And because purple is the brand of the association, um, we also work really hard on getting uh, buildings and homes mm-hmm. uh, to light up purple. And I'm not sure if you noticed, but last week, the Chicago skyline, we had about 25 buildings that lit up purple. 
um, in honor of Alzheimer's Brain, Brain Awareness Month. I wasn't aware that there were 25, but uh, when I come downtown and I see the purple on top of the building, I know exactly what that means. And yeah. uh, it's it's a great way of just creating awareness and some conversation uh, because that's the only way that we're going to deal with this, uh, you know, is, is by talking about it uh, openly. Let's uh, can we start Absolutely. off? Can we start off with those ten warning signs that you were uh, just uh, referring to? What what were what are those exactly? Certainly, um, uh, you know, the, one of the things that we tell people is that Alzheimer's is not. Um, normal aging, right? But one of the warning signs is loss of memory, but it's not um, things like forgetting where you put your keys. You know, we do this every day, all day. You walk into a room, you you forget why why you walked in there. But if you trace your steps back, you're able to remember what, what it is. When we're talking about loss of memory, we're talking about loss of memory that disrupts your day-to-day activity. Um, we're talking about forgetting what a phone is or what it's called or calling a phone something different than what it is mm-hmm. or forgetting um, what a phone is used for. Right. Um, it's doing things like forgetting how to balance your checkbook. So you find people that were whizzes in math or whiz at balancing the checkbook. Now, all of a sudden, they're bouncing checks left and right because they don't remember having made a huge purchase or they're purchasing the same thing multiple times. Um, so it's, it's the types of things that are disruptive to your day-to-day activity. More often than none, we hear stories of people getting lost. So stepping outside the house, going down the street for a walk, and not being able to find your way back home. Um, Those are the types of signs that we're talking about that should cause be cause for concern. Yeah, to, to seek uh, a little further help, I would I would guess uh, you know forgetting names of loved ones, uh, names of absolutely. S- spouses of children of people who you've known uh, every single day for your entire life completely. Oh. I mean, just uh, you know, not just for a moment you can't think of their their names, but mm-hmm. you are completely blank as to who this person is, and you know, and it may be hey. maybe a spouse, it may be. Uh, you know, one of your kids, uh, very close friends, but that's also uh, one of these things that you're talking about, right? Absolutely. Or or forgetting that oftentimes people tell the same story multiple times because they forgot they just told it 10 minutes ago. Um, so oftentimes it's short-term memory. Um, those are the types of things that have loved ones start noticing that there's something not quite right. Uh, the, a lot of times they don't want to say the word, but they know that there's something that, that that's not okay. Right, yeah. I, I've known uh, you know more than my share of people uh, who are living with uh, Alzheimer's, my, my mom included, uh, and, mm-hmm. my, and my brother, who's only three years older than me, uh, you know, both uh, suffered Alzheimer's before they passed away. Uh, and their memories weren't that bad, but I also have known friends who have gotten Alzheimer's, and they have completely forgotten their spouses, their families, uh, you know, just heartbreaking, uh, you know, things that make it so difficult on the, the caregivers when, you know, you're trying to care for a loved one and they don't even know who you are. Absolutely. But, you know, um, for the first time in over 40 years now, we have the ability to talk about 
an era of treatment. And what that means is that there are actually treatments that are going to be addressing the underlying biology of the disease. And as a result of that, we are able potentially to delay um, cognitive decline. So those treatments are not a cure. And uh, one, the reason that we talk about treatments is because we want people to now go and seek out a diagnosis because those treatments are going to be effective in the early stages of the disease or mild cognitive impairment. And what that means is it gives people more time to remember their loved ones. And so what we're hoping is that someone who is diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's disease today or mild cognitive impairment, they are able to have access to those treatments so that um, the ability to remember their loved one is a, a longer process than what we, we what you just described. Yeah, and, and that's the, uh, the, the, the latest information that's just come out a week or so ago by the uh, FDA, right, that you're talking about this? Yeah, so we're talking about two drugs. Um, actually, two years ago, Adjuhelm came out, and then last year we have Lutanumab. So those two drugs are designed to remove the plaques from the brain that cause Alzheimer's disease and, like I said, um, delay cognitive decline. Those drugs have been approved by the FDA through their accelerated approval process, and we can... um, take advantage of those drugs today. The only issue is that the association has been working really hard and advocating for the Center for Medicaid and Medicare services to cover the cost of those drugs. And so while those drugs are available, they are currently not covered um, fully by the CMS. Now, we're making progress in the sense that CMS continues has agreed to to a certain extent cover the cost but they just have additional steps and barriers around conditions for coverage and so we are continuing to talk to them we're making progress there is a, a, a registry that CMS has put in place that all patients that are prescribed the medication have to be registered by the prescribing physician. And, the, and while, yes, that's progress, and yes, that means that the drug will be covered, the association feels, still feels like that's a, bar- a barrier that should not be in place um, essentially, you know, potentially preventing a a patient from being prescribed the drug. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, the uh, events that you've got coming up for the month of June. The longest day Mm -hmm. event is coming up Uh, next week. We'll get to that in a moment, the walk to end uh, Alzheimer's. I want to find out more of uh, what the Alzheimer's Association is doing uh, to help people. If anyone has a question, uh, Delia is uh, on the line with us here and happy to answer your questions at 312-981-7200. You can call or text 312-981-7200. We continue here on uh, the program talking about where we are in the fight against Alzheimer's on our uh, weekly health segment with Delia Gervier, Executive Director of the Illinois Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, Delia, some uh, interesting phone calls uh, coming in. And uh, the 773 area code is asking 
Can you please ask your guest the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? Can you explain that? Certainly. Dementia is the umbrella under which multiple forms of dementia exist, and Alzheimer's is a form of dementia. About 75% of people with dementia have Alzheimer's disease, but there are other types of dementias, like frontal lobe dementia, which we heard about when Bruce Willis's family released his diagnosis. Uh, Parkinson's disease is a form of dementia. Vascular dementia is a, a form of dementia, and there are a few others. So just like cancer is, is an umbrella and there are multiple fine forms of cancer, dementia is the umbrella and Alzheimer's is um, a form of dementia. Yeah, I, I learned so much about it. I, you know, obviously when my mom and my brother were going through it, interestingly, mm-hmm. my, my brother... Uh, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but also with dementia. You know, I always thought dementia meant you lost your memory. And what I learned was dementia meant you lose different functions of the brain. Things that the brain brain normally controls uh, start to go haywire. And in my brother's case, it was swallowing. He, He couldn't remember how to just you know eat eat food chew it and then naturally swallow it which is such Mm -hmm. an intuitive kind of process he had to actually be coaxed uh you know in his final years through that and also the use of being able to walk putting one foot in front of the other and maintaining balance i guess those are fairly common as i learned well, what essentially happens is, you know, we sometimes refer to the process that a patient goes through with Alzheimer's as reverting back in time. They they slowly lose the ability to remember how to do all of the things that they learned growing up. So they revert back to almost being childlike and like a baby. And so... Yes, remembering to swallow or starting with just remembering to eat or remembering how to swallow, remembering how to walk and um, slowly deteriorating. Uh, that, But that's what happens with the brain um, deteriorating over time because the disease is, is, is just that. It's the brain deteriorating over yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, it was things that you don't even even realize that are things that you've learned uh you know the the act of putting food in your mouth chewing it and swallowing it is so natural but those are all separate functions of the brain the the uh the act of going from a carpeted surface to a hard surface uh to walk on for him he had to stop and like reevaluate uh Mm -hmm. how do i do this exactly and that's not something that you think of so I mean, those are, those are parts of the differences, to answer the question, between Alzheimer's, uh, which falls under the umbrella of uh, de- dementia. dementia. Yeah. Um, uh, the 708 area code said, I thought that Alzheimer's couldn't be diagnosed until death. Is that uh, that's obviously not true. That that used to be um, the case, but now we have what we call PET scans that can take um, the images of the brain and help determine just how much plaque resides on the brain and how much amyloid is present. 
And um, so PET scans and, you know, which is, again, imaging the brain is is a way that we can diagnose. Um, certainly doing cognitive assessment is a start to the process. Um, so, again, as I mentioned earlier, if you notice that there's something not quite right, that's the beginning of the process is going and have a cognitive assessment done where um, there are cognitive testings that take place. And then from there, um, the person can be referred to a neurologist where then PET scan imaging can then take place. Right. Um, and, and that's how the journey begins. Yes. Are, are you likely to get it if your parents did? Is it hereditary? <laughs> It is hereditary, but not necessarily um, always the case. So um, it's just best to seek out to go to the physician if you know that or potentially that something could be going wrong. There are times where a diagnosis, especially younger onset, so for folks that are diagnosed as early as their 40s or 50s, is the very first time in the lineage that they see a diagnosis of Alzheimer's. So the hereditary aspect of it is not always the case. Yeah, Madeline, you're on WGN with Delia Gervier from the Alzheimer's Association. Yes, good morning and thank you. Morning. Um, I'm wondering if one goes in for a test or one goes to their neurologist or one signs up for one of these research programs, is that going to get reported to the insurance company and negatively impact your coverage in the future? Hmm. To my knowledge, no. Um, that that would not be something that someone should be concerned about if they are um, trying to participate in a clinical trial, which is what I'm assuming you're you're talking about. I talked about research. That should not stop you from participating from clinical trials. Now, obviously, if you are officially diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, then that means that you now have to take medication and you have to be followed and insurance companies will be aware of that and be will be covering the cost of those things but participating in the clinical trial um, is not something that should affect your insurance coverage unless there's an official diagnosis now if you're diagnosed again you now have to take treatments and those things will be covered by your insurance. Yeah, Madeline, good luck with all of that, and thank you for the call. Delia, tell me about The Longest Day and The Walk, which are coming up, I think, Wednesday this week, right? So The Longest Day is on June the 21st, and it's a fundraising event of the association, which we um, typically promote on the longest day of the year. And um, we do so because we feel that uh, we know that a day in the life of a caregiver is a very, very long day Um, from sun up to sundown. People across the country are doing um, activities that they love to do while raising money for the association. So, for example, we have someone here um, who's going to be playing 54 holes of golf, um, three times 18 holes, because he loves to golf, and this is what he's going to do to raise money for the association. But others do things like scrapbooking all day, or you have families that cook their loved one's favorite meal, and they sell those. So the longest day is just, you know, your hobby, using that to raise money for the association. And then the walk 
plein d'Alzheimer's. Um, the Chicago Walk will be on October 7th at Soldier Fields, and it's the largest fundraising event of the association as well. And um, as I said, that will take place in October in the fall. You can get more information at alz.org slash Illinois. And uh, Delia, Correct. it's always nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for such great information. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Delia Gervier with the uh, Illinois chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. All right, be thinking about who your favorite TV or movie dad is. Um, we're going to get into a segment on that in a couple of minutes. And also coming up a little bit later on, we're just going to open up the phone lines for uh, you, our listeners, to call us and tell us why your dads are or were the greatest. I just you know, want you to you know, brag about your dads. Uh, that's all coming up at 312-981-7200. Uh, Shwani, your favorite TV dad? I have several, actually. Uh, Andy Griffith is mm, right there. Big liar. He's a big liar. <laughs> You're going to go As with I've that said now. many times. <laughs> I know he's a revered. Uh, if if you watch the Andy Griffith show, as Shwani and I do, probably more than we should. <laughs> we should. <laughs> way more than we should. But there's some I haven't seen before. There is no possible way that there is a single episode you have not seen before. And same with me, by the way. Uh-huh. And that's why I've noticed that he, Andy he's lies to everybody. Not me. Not Andy Mazur. Right. I want to clarify. <laughs> no. Uh, but Andy Griffith, Andy Taylor, Ange, if you will. Ange, <laughs> yeah. Uh, big old liar. <laughs> okay. All right. Aside, aside, Person, personally, you can pick him if you want to. No, um, you called me Howard Cunningham earlier. I like Howard Cunningham yeah. also. Yeah, he's a good dad. And also, um, all right, now you're going to laugh at me. Robert Young. On Father Knows Best. I do I do like Robert Young on Father Knows Best. Mm-hmm. You knew I was going to pick someone from 1950s right. television. That not one person Ward in the Cleaver. audience remembers. Ward Cleaver. I like Ward Cleaver, too. Sure. I like Ward Cleaver, too. Okay. Um, Andy? I have a few. Uh, recently, uh, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Oh, that's a, he's a great dad. He's awesome. And the, uh, I forget the character's name, uh, the uh, father-in-law. Uh, oh, Jay. Jay Pritchett. Yeah, Jay Pritchett. Yeah, Ed O'Neill. I also uh, was a big fan of Howard Cunningham, Mm -hmm. but uh, Al Bundy. Oh, okay. Wow. (laughs) Seeing a pattern developing for Andy. (laughs) And then if you go to the movies, I'd have to say Robin Williams is Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm -hmm. Look at the lengths he went through to be with his kids. Right. Not a lot of fathers are dressed up as a woman to be there. Exactly right. And dance with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, my all-time favorite TV dad, Peter Boyle. Oh, oh yeah. everybody, everybody lo- loves Raymond. Everybody, oh, yes. <laughs> who has brought into the uh, the nomenclature of America the phrase, holy, holy crap. crap. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great character. We'll talk more about it in a minute. One of the rare times that Andy was not lying to Opie. This time, maybe you better take off your clothes. <laughs> There are a couple. I'll admit there are a couple of very touching uh, moments uh, on that show, especially between Andy Griffith and Ron Howard, who played his son uh, Opie on the show. And I'm kind of kidding, Andy, but Andy Griffith, if you watch the show, he's kind of a chronic white liar to uh, you know tell you know anybody what he needs them to do to you know get the proper 
response. You know, one of the funniest episodes in that regard is when Barney was uh, trying to sing a solo in a choir. Oh, yeah. And he brought in a microphone and hired another singer to um, actually sing the verse that Barney was trying to sing and had Barney, you know, just mouthing the words in front of a microphone. Right, a microphone that wasn't connected or and something. It wasn't or, connected, right. and the singer was off stage who had a, just this bold, brilliant voice. Gorgeous voice. voice. <laughs> Again, lying to Barney. <laughs> lying to Barney. And I have to admit, you and know. There was the, wasn't there an episode similar, a chorus a uh, different episode where Jim Neighbors, Gomer Pyle, oh yeah, was yeah uh, was singing, and they told Barney that he was, and again lying to Barney. Yep, yep. Poor Barney, <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> oh my. Okay, I know that there are many lovely moments between father and son uh, on the Andy Griffiths show. I'll give you that, but that's my. And again, I say it as somebody who watches the show all the time. I'm I'm a little bit addicted to it after all these years. And here's one you want to talk about. You were listening to songs about fathers yeah. being in tears. Yeah. Get ready you, you, for this one. You remember the episode where Andy is dating uh, a young lady. It's not Helen. It's somebody else. And Opie feels left out yeah, and rejected. That clip that I just played is from that episode. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, she was the nurse. I forget her the name. The nurse. She was the nurse that, uh, you know, Andy, Andy's going through women like this. <laughs> There's Ellie, the druggist. There's Helen yep. Crump. Yep. But um, There's the fun girls. Hi, doll. <laughs> Hello, doll. <laughs> Hi, doll. And the other one that went after Barney called him Bernie. Bernie. Hi, <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> but... Johnny, uh, we need to get some new hobbies. I think we need a life here. We need you and I need an intervention. It's such but, a nice looking Sunday out there, isn't it? Sorry, apologize, Andy. I apologize, everybody. Go off. Now these. we need to find the clip of Otis riding the cow and ringing the cowbell. Never seen but Schwann, no, Schwann seriously, so the one where Opie gets in trouble and and Andy said, you know, you've got some explaining to do. And then he explains that he, you know, feels left out and he was afraid that Andy wouldn't want him anymore. Right. And so Andy gets this calm look on his face and explains to him, Sets you know, down everything. Yeah, yeah that, that, that'll, that you know, gotta, that'll bring a tear to your eye. He said, I can't take Barney to a dance. He's right. too short. He's too short. Yeah. See, you know all these lines, too, so don't... We are such dorks. (laughs) Apologize. We could spend the whole four hours talking about Andy Griffith episodes. I've I've pitched a show to management here. The the (laughs) Simply simply be called Let's Talk Andy. Uh, uh, Ashwani and I will host. Ironically, Andy Mazur will not be on the show. But the show will be Ashwani and I just going down the Andy Griffith rabbit hole. We haven't even begun to talk about the Darlings and Ernest T. Bass oh, yet. Oh, don't get me started on the Darlings. You know I love the Darlings. <laughs> don't, pa, don't play that one. You that know what makes, makes me, me cry. cry. <laughs> We're such dorks. Complete dorks. Oh, there's a here's a Father's Day request from Briscoe, darling. Keep your money in your shoe and it won't get wet. Come on, man, <laughs> Come on, boys. 
uh, people texting in their favorite TV and movie dads. Uh, Chuck Connors as the rifleman. Remember that? Oh, wonderful example. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there are a couple base, episodes too. of that one. Wow, they what, will get you. What'd you say, Andy? He played a mean first base for the Cubs, too. He did. Yeah, Chuck Con- actor Chuck Connors yeah. was a, 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 a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Connor from Roseanne, regular blue-collar man, great brother-in-law to Jackie, and uh, ultimately, uh, you know, good, a good, great uh, husband to his wife, uh, Roseanne. Uh, TV dad, James Evans. Oh, yeah. Good times. From Good Times. He was a fantastic father on that show. Uh, here's, one, here's another one I could uh, do a whole show on. Fred Sanford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that show so much. What about the courtship of Eddie's father? Wasn't spent, that Bill Bixby? Let me let me wait. Let, let me stay right. on Sanford and Son for a second because <laughs> I'm calling you a dork. I went on YouTube the other day and I spent easily an hour watching uh, clips of Fred Sanford and Aunt Esther oh. insulting each other. I was crying, laughing. Those scenes are so funny between Esther and. Uh, Fred Sanford. Don't ever make fun of me again. I can't guarantee that, <laughs> but I'm just saying I'm just as bad as you are. Archie Bunker is uh, noted here on our, uh, you know, on our uh, uh, text line. Uh, here's oh seven oh eight. Oh, how about this? Uh, Field of Dreams. Want to have oh, a catch? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm wanna, done. Want to have a catch? Son? That, I'm done. That is truly one of the great father scenes. I'm of, done of all time. Uh, Andy, you're going to have to do the 10:30 news. <laughs> we melted Shawnee. Oh, no, I'm done. We finally broke Shawnee. Who knew it would be that easy? <laughs> uh, Mufasa from The Lion King. Oh yeah, that's an excellent choice. Uh, Red Foreman from the '70s show. Oh right? yeah, that '70s show. Brian Keith on Family Affair. Uh, even though technically not wasn't the father. father, he was Uncle Bill. It's Uncle Bill, but we should you father know, figure at least. We need father to, figure along with Mister French. Uh, acknowledge, uh, you know, non biological fathers like Uncle Bill or uh, Mister Brady on the Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah. He was stepfather to at least half the kids. Uh, you know, the, all of those and more should be acknowledged here. You know who's uh, great on this? Mike Toomey from the WGN TV Morning News. Oh, yeah. He talks uh, about TV nostalgia all the time and his stand up shows, of which he's got one coming up uh, next weekend. A quick break, and uh, Mike will join us coming up next. Uh, remembering Archie Bunker, uh, love him uh, or hate him or scratch your head. Uh, definitely one of the most memorable TV dads of all time. You know who is an expert when it comes to uh, you know TV, old TV, and nostalgia TV? Uh, Mike Toomey, who is the announcer uh, for our nine o'clock hour of the WGN TV Morning News, uh, he's going to be doing uh, some stand-up comedy in Chicago uh, this coming uh, next weekend. And uh, Mike, are you there? Good morning. Good morning, Dean. Hey, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> and happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Thank you so much. You know, it's funny, I'm listening to that, and I know we were going to talk a little bit about this, so I'm, I'm thinking in my head, the best TV dads, and you know what? You, it seemed like like a lot of them didn't have wives. That that was like a running theme for a, for a good period of time. Interesting. It's true. That's very true. 
Very interesting. Uh, which was kind of some of my favorites. It's like okay, Fred McMurray, Andy Griffith, um, you know, uh, Bill Bixby, uh, Chuck Connors, uh, Ben Cartwright, uh, you know, Lloyd Green. There's like a million of them. Wow. So it's like no, it and no with women our, with our medical system way back then. We weren't able to keep you. <laughs> the wives, the wives are dropping like flies back then. <laughs> thank, thank goodness for. Uh, uh, you know the the housekeepers, uh, the bubs of the world, uh, to to the help. The bubs and the Charlies and the Alice and uh, Mister French, <laughs> Mister French. What I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Hazel, good old Hazel. How about that? Right. Um, so uh, you have you have a big stand up show that's coming up at Zanies in Rosemont next Saturday, right? Yes, it's uh, Saturday coming up, uh, 8 p.m. show. You can go to zanies.com to find out. To click on the Rosemont uh, icon there and find out more about that. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, I uh, have seen Mike do stand-up several times, and he is just so hilarious. Uh, if you've seen him on our WGN TV morning news, you know how brilliant he is and how funny and quick he is. Uh, but when you see him do stand-up comedy, it's a whole completely different thing. Uh, so uh, I highly encourage anybody you know looking for something to do next weekend. Uh, this would be uh, a great choice. Are are you still doing the TV and me show? You were doing something specifically on nostalgic uh, TV for a while, right? And I haven't done that in a while. I guess I'm uh, you know I'm feeling like uh, maybe maybe it's getting to the point where audience members don't know what I'm talking about anymore. So we have to be a very specific audience for the show. But uh, you know, even now, like we're talking about, who's, who's George Baxter? I didn't, I didn't come here for this, right? <laughs> you know, so it would have to be a very specific uh, audience. Uh, I haven't really done it in quite a while. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Schwani and I will go off on Andy Griffith tangents uh, once in a while because we, you know, we both love the show. Uh, you know, sure. I, I can watch it all the time and still laugh, even though I can practically say the lines with the actors. I know the shows uh, so well. Uh, but then right. I start to think about it. And if you talk about it with people uh, like under 40 years old, maybe, maybe even under 50 years old, they have no idea what you're talking about, who, you know, who Otis, right. Otis is. And, you know, just that a central figure on a television show is a town drunk, is an alcoholic. <laughs> that, that'll give you an idea of how far we've come in television. Right. But, you know, especially that show, it's almost like, hearing your favorite song and singing along with it. You're right about the dialogue. Like for a while, it took me a while to drive my family crazy where I would watch it and I would say what the, what they were going to say before they said it. And then I realized that's not exactly entertaining for people who are watching a show with you. So stop doing it. Right, you know? right, right, right. Um, on our text line, uh, people are remembering uh, Fred and Barney, uh, you know, both uh, dads uh, from the Flintstones, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, Pebbles, and of course, uh, later in the series, they adopted Bam Bam. That might be where Bam Bam could well, when you think about it, could be the cousin Oliver of the Flintstones. Oh, that's right, because <laughs> the show really didn't last much longer after that, did it? Because <laughs> every show, you know, like they start to, to sputter a little bit and they, they want to inject some life into it, so they'll bring in a new character that's like a young kid. The family will have another baby or, you know, they'll adopt a child or something. And uh, rarely works. 
Uh, Gomez Adams, someone remembering on our text line from the uh, Adams family. Uh, John Aston was uh, terrific. That actually was kind of a brilliant show, wasn't it? It really was. And John and uh, John Aston might be the only actor still alive of all these people that we're talking about today. Isn't uh, he like into ninety now? I think. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Uh, somebody remembering w- Ralph Waite from the uh, Waltons. The Waltons, yeah. sure. Homer Simpson. You know, and Herman Munster doesn't get a lot of credit as being. Oh. As being- now, there you go. As a great dad, was there anybody more caring for his little wolfy son uh, than Herman Munson? Right. I don't think so. And there were some really, really sweet father-son moments in that show. You know, it only lasted a couple seasons. People think it lasted longer than it did. But uh, there were some really, really cool father-son moments with, with Herman and, and Betty. Somebody remembering uh, Treat Williams, who uh, just recently passed away. He was uh, killed in a motorcycle accident this week from Everwood. Uh, as sure, last week. Yeah. A great TV dead. Uh, Bernie Mac, Chicago's own uh, Bernie Mac. Uh, he was a great father. And uh, also here, somebody picking Darth Vader as a great uh, <laughs> TV movie, I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why the sitcom got shot down with uh, Darth as the dad. Yeah, you you were on uh, vacation. You were on vacation this past week, but Pat Tomasulo uh, did a list of uh, you know TV father moments and uh, said you know wouldn't it have been better if Darth Vader had led with "I am your father" instead of first cutting off his son's arm uh, and, right. and then telling him uh, later on? You know the the. The order was all uh, completely out of place. And that would be the name of the sitcom, I Am Your Father. I, they would have wacky I, sitcom music <laughs> with all the characters. Featuring Millie you know from the else? Dick Van Dyke show. Dick Van Dyke was a good dad, wasn't he? He, he? he really was. And you know what I was thinking? And this is one that doesn't get any mention, but um, Brian Cranston as Hal from Malcolm in the Middle yes. was a hilarious TV dad. Yes, very true. You know, he could be on both. He could be on Best Dads as Hal and Worst Dads as uh, Walter White. That's true. Yeah, boy, that's very true. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got tons of them. People uh, texting in their their favorite least and also least favorite dads uh, here as well. Uh, we'll continue talking about this later on. Uh, people want to come and see the show, Mike, uh, this coming Saturday, the twenty fourth uh, at Zanies in Rosemont, right? Yes, and they can go to zanies.com. They'll find the Rosemont Club on the main on the main website and click on the show for all the details. But it's Saturday the 24th, 8 o'clock show, one show only. All right, very good. We're looking forward. Uh, anybody looking for some fun, uh, that would be a great show for next week. Uh, you back on the TV morning news tomorrow? I will see you tomorrow morning. Good deal. Mike Toomey uh, and we'll check uh, news uh, coming up right now, 1038, Happy Father's Day. How about it, Schwanny? One of the greatest songs of all time. Color him Father by the Winstons. By the Winstons. Yes. It's also one of my favorite cigarettes back in the day. <laughs> Did you ever smoke? Oh, no. Well, off and on, yeah. Did you? But many, many years ago it uh, uh, ended it. And that's I'm glad because... Uh, you know, it's nothing but problems. Other of course. Than yeah. But it was so super cool oh, when we were young. yeah, yeah. I would steal my, uh, <laughs> speaking of father. Steal your I father's would, cigarettes? I'd steal my dad's smokes. <laughs> 
Did he smoke unfiltered camels or something like Marlboro. that? Marlboro. Yeah, he was a Marlboro man. Okay. <laughs> the exact opposite of the image that Marlboro <laughs> man was. He was in his little suit and short sleeve shirt, and Marlboro man was riding a horse. Riding a horse with a big cowboy hat. Yeah, but he'd be out in the backyard cutting the grass with a big... Cigarette? Cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> Like, well, that's cool. I should do that. <laughs> no, I also quit uh, 35 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. But uh, anywho, uh, that's, uh, yeah, one of the great father songs. So we've got plenty of those for you today. And I wanted to do something special. This is our normal theater segment that we do. But I wanted to uh, just spend a little time today uh, talking about your dad's. I mean, we've talked about ours, Andy and uh, Shwani and me. But uh, I want you to get on the phone and brag about your dad and tell us, uh, you know, why your why your dad is or was uh, so fantastic, so influential to you. And uh, Kristen, we're going to start off with you today. Good morning. You're on WGN. Hi, Dean. Yes, my name is Kristen Van, and I adore you. Aren't you you nice? are such a fantastic. Just you and Swanee are the best and really make my day pretty and, much all the time. And Andy. However, and Andy. And Andy and, and all the rest of you. When he's, uh, like when he's not being listener. friends with Dan Hampton and Andy. <laughs> so dig this, okay? Oh, yeah, baby. We, we, we grew up in Oak Park, and my dad, John Van was a science and technology reporter for the Chicago Tribune. Oh, I remember his and name, yeah. For, for 40 years, that man rode his bike from Oak Park to the Trib. To downtown, the Tribune old. Tower? What? Yes, yes. Like, back in the day, in the 70s, and in the 80s, and with no helmet. And what he did was inspire so many people, and... He's he's infamous across the West Side. <laughs> I can imagine as the guy that rode his bike in the in below zero weather. I can imagine. Yes, and 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 he's in heaven now. But you know, I just wanted to say that he had been he's been a tremendous inspiration as a writer and as an athlete. And um, there's there are no better things that you can ask for from a dad who loved us. So much. Yeah. So thank you. I, uh, you know, people, you know, when they hear that my dad uh, passed away, which was many, many years ago, you know, I, oh. al- I always say that, I, and, and I've said this because my mom passed away just a couple of years ago, that I try, I, I try to balance the sadness that I feel with them being gone with the happiness, yeah. like what you're talking about, the the, right. the the things that make me smile about them, that make me proud of them. The uh, yeah, th- those are the kinds of things that we should try to remember for a parent or friend or anybody who is no longer with us. Try to remember the happy things. And also be inspired by his intellect and his athleticism, yeah. because it makes me want to be a better writer and a better athlete. Right. And um, there's nothing more we could ask for, Dean. And how many, oh, how many, times, so how many times have you ridden your bike uh, to work uh, like your dad did? Okay, so dig this. I am now a lifeguard in Lake Geneva, oh, wow. and I ride my bike to work. Good for because you. Because he inspired me. Good for you. 
I'm gonna, I may get my bike out of the garage today and go for a ride in honor of your dad today, too. Well, and anytime you're up in Fontana, give me a jingle. All right, Kristen, have a great day today. Thank you for sharing those <laughs> okay, fantastic memories. Here is, is this Cesar? Yes, yes, how are you? Good Happy morning. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Happy Father's Day to you and everybody, everyone at WU and the whole world. You know, it's a special day. I'm not a father. I'm, I haven't blessed, I haven't been blessed in that way, but I've been blessed in many other ways, but... My dad was the best. He's the best. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, he has Alzheimer's. He's in Ecuador. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but I go see him every three months. Yeah. But the thing that he told me the best that is the the risk he, to take risk. Take he risk. took a risk coming here. We came all the way from Ecuador and Colombia to here. It was a it was a long journey. One month we crossed the border. We didn't follow the procedures because uh, it's a long story, and only people that are in this situation understand that. And a lot of people that have open hearts, yeah. but uh, the risk and thanks to him and a, and a great American citizen, I love this country, and to take risk. As I you, love my dad. As, I, he's as, the best. Yeah, and as, so is everybody's as, father for their kids. As your dad, imagine that risk that he took, enormous risk to make a better life for his family, right? Amen. Amen. Exactly. So that's the thing. And I try to do the same. And I think it's a great day. Like I said, I'm not a father in that sense. I don't have any children. But uh, I, every kid that I see, I always tell them to love their parents. Yeah. Because that's another thing that he always told me, love and respect your parents, and you're always going to be okay. Uh, it sounds like you have a wonderful, wonderful father. I'm glad you called to share that. So if you were to say in Spanish, uh, Cesar, you know, Happy Father's Day, something, a message for your father in Spanish, what would it be? Sería Feliz Día, Papá. Te quiero mucho. Eres el mejor. Happy Father's Day. I love you. You are the best. Cesar, thank you so much. That's beautiful. I appreciate God bless your call. all of you, and thank you so much, WGN. You guys make my day. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, Lydia. You're on WGN. Lydia, are you there? All right. We're going to put Lydia on hold, and maybe we can catch up with her again. In the meantime, this sounds like John is here. Hi, you're on WGN. Good morning. Well, good morning, Dean. I'd like to take about two minutes to brag about my dad, Eddie. Sure. Uh, sure. Eddie was born in 1925 with polio. So my dad was born with uh, some deformities in his hands, but it didn't stop. Underwent many, many surgeries as a child, but he became a draftsman. And this was done before all the computerating. This was all done by hand. You know, he did all the draft work by hand and uh, had seven kids. So, you know, other things were perfectly fine. <laughs> and uh, grew up on, and the other thing is a parent is nothing but sacrifice. By that, I mean we were on the southwest side, but my dad's job was on the north side. So every morning, 520, Garfield bus from California to oh, Ashland wow. and the Ashland bus all the way up to North Avenue to go to work every day. Holy smokes, on the bus from the from one side of town to the other. How about that? We had a car, but he left it there for mom. Oh, so, no you kidding. know, raising wow. seven kids, you know, that's what parents do a sacrifice. And I just left his graveside, so it's a oh. kind of a rough day. Sure. But, again, you balance 
like you said, you balance the sad with the happy, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I, I, I try to remember all the things that made me smile, that made me laugh. Uh, those are the, you know, those are the gifts that, you know, that anybody who passes away, those are the gifts that uh, we're, yeah. we're left yeah. with. How do you think, how do you think your dad's perseverance uh, affected how you live your own life? Um, you do things because they got to get done. And that's just it. You put on your big boy pants and you bite the bullet and you do what's got to get done. And that's it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, boy, that's yeah. that's inspiring. Uh, seven kids, number one. Uh, there, <laughs> there, there's one thing. Lots of headaches. Lots of headaches. There you go. I'll bet lots of laughs though too, and lots of uh, love. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, I, I come from a family of four. We were four boys, which wasn't easy. Also, yeah. but a lot of my friends, you know, back in the day. Uh, you know, families with seven, eight, ten kids. It wasn't uncommon back then. Well, yeah, uh, you know, nine people sitting around a Chicago kitchen table, you know, in a Chicago bungalow, you either loved each other or hated each other, but you <laughs> got through it, you know. I love that. I love that. John, yeah. thanks for the call. Thanks for the memories. And uh, happy Father's yeah. Day to you as well. I appreciate it. It's 1048. We'll get to more. Brag about your dad. 312-981-7200. Next was the son on the old Donna Reed show. Uh, this was a special episode that they did where he sang about his dad. No. 1051, Dean Richards, Sunday morning. Brag about your dad on our phone lines. Tell the world over our 50,000 watts. At 312-981-7200. April, hello, you're on WGN. Good morning, Dean. Hi, Swanee. Hi, Andy. Oh, They're what all, a day. Hello, 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 hello. Swanee likes to take a nap when the news isn't on, so I, <laughs> I don't want to disturb him. Swanee, are you awake? I'm wide awake. Thank you so much. <laughs> beep, 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 Ah, sorry, April. We're idiots here, so that's okay. I enjoy I enjoy listening to you every Sunday. Thank so you. thank you so much for taking my call. Today's bittersweet. My daddy's been gone a long time, but what he taught the seven of us yes, I'm, I'm wow. from a family of, of seven um, was number one. He he was a baker, and so he had his own business for many many years. And whenever something special was happening, even if it was at three o'clock in the morning, um, and although at the time we didn't love it, we now have great memories. We lived by a train station, and back then the circus used to travel by train oh, a lot. Wow. And so he would call us and say, hey, the train's coming by in about 15 minutes. Go on, go outside and watch. And there's just something beautiful because, you know, seeing animals on a train in the middle of the night, yeah. and, it was, and they would go pretty slow with them, and so it was beautiful. And then the other thing he did was teach us to always look up. So he listened to the radio all night long while he worked alone in the bakery, and so if there was a comet or a meteor shower, you could see a particular planet. He would call us in the middle of the night and say, okay, you can see it perfectly. Go outside, oh, look wow. in this direction. Look at that. And wow. so he taught us to look up. So just really special things like that, that, that he taught us to really be aware of, of what's out there. And, yeah, and, um, yeah but we're know, aware of your surroundings, yeah, of you know, yeah. special things that are going on. Did, did he have you all working in the bakery also? One hundred percent. The second I could see above the counter, <laughs> I was serving customers. So, <laughs> where was the bakery? 
So uh, my father's bakery was mainly in Mundelein. Um, he opened it up in 1966, but he learned to bake from my grandpa on my mom's side. He had a Shy's Bakery at uh, Western and Fullerton and until uh, the late 70s was my grandfather's place. I miss the, the, I mean, there's still a few around like Roser's Bakery and uh, we just lost Dinkle's Bakery not too long ago. It's they they closed up, but I miss those old neighborhood bakeries where my dad or my mom would send me, you know, to the to the bakery to get sweet rolls for the family or coffee cake or you know something like that. And there was nothing better. Absolutely true. We try to carry on as many of his recipes as we can. That's great. That's great. I love that. I'm going to think of you the next time I see a circus train. If I ever see, I don't know if I've ever seen a circus train. No, I'm, I'm not a fan of the circus anymore for many obvious reasons, yeah. but it was a really special memory. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. And have a great day Thanks, today. Dean. And uh, Lydia, there you are. Hello, you're on WGN. Hi, Dean. Um, I just wanted to remember my dad. He taught me to be a caring, kind person because my mother was bedridden for 14 years with MS, and he took care of her, plus he worked every night at the Chicago Tribune. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and he always taught me, too, to be on time. That's, and and from his example, that's what I do. I'm a caregiver. Oh, how nice! So nice. So you yes. you really learned your your life lessons then from uh, from your dad. Yep. I sure did, and I like what you said about remember the happy good times. Yeah, that's what you, that you have to because otherwise you'll you'll, yes. you'll drown in tears. Otherwise, right, so right. You, you, and and go ahead. No, and please go ahead. And the best, one of the best times we ever had, and I'm glad he was still in good health then, was when the White Sox won the World Series because they won the first two games, then it was his 86th birthday, and then they won the next two games. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. My dad, so, my dad used to take us to the old Comiskey Park all the time. Uh, he wasn't especially oh, yeah. a baseball fan, but he knew that we were. You know, we were four boys, so he would yeah. take us, and you know, everybody got uh, a hot dog, and uh, I don't know what. You know, we we had a nice right. time though. It's, it was nice memories. I, I have great memories, and it's funny that you say be on time uh, because that yeah. that was a pet peeve of my dad's to always be prompt. And he said, if you're supposed to be somewhere at ten o'clock, be there at ten minutes till ten o'clock. Always be there yeah. a, a little early. Yep, that's what my dad said, too, and his name was Ben. And Ben, all right, remembering Ben today. I'm so glad you called, Lydia. Glad you're able to connect. Thank you so much. Let's get one more in here before we break for news. Russell, you're on WGN. Hello. Hello, Dean. Happy Father's Day to you and Schwani and Andy. Happy Father's Day to all of us. Appreciate it. Likewise to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I hope you find this story as inspiring as riding your bike from Oak Park downtown or on the Western bus. When I was about 15, my dad was letting me drive around a little bit in the car, and one morning I go out to start the car, and I see that we have a flat tire. Uh-oh. So I run in. I said, Dad, we got a flat tire. He says, well, it's about time you learn how to change it. And so we go outside, and we grab the spanner, and we loosen the lug nuts. And I say, well, where's the jack? And he says, well, we don't have one. We'll have to go to Golf Mill, and we're going to go to Sears and get a jack. (laughs) So we go to Sears. He says, pick out whatever jack you want. So, of course, I'm 15. I get the jack that's on the ground, and you use the big lever, and you push it, and it's, you know, the the professional jack. That's right. So we go back to the house. 
we lift up the Volkswagen station wagon in 1977. Okay. We lift it up. We take the flat off. We put on the spare. We tighten it up with the spanner. We get that hydraulic jack to lower the the VW back on the ground. And he and I say, great, this is easy. This is easy. What do we do with the jack now? He says, well, we go back to Sears. We don't need it anymore. We can return it. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so for that, and, and, and then once I started driving with an actual permit, he used to sit in the back of the car, and he used to stick, thankfully, the wet end of the cigar in my ear while I was oh, driving. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, that's, yep. that's hilarious. Why are you doing that, Dad? Because your friends are going to do that to you, kid. Oh, okay, Dad. That is fantastic. Two great stories. Russell, thank you, and I hope you have a great Father's Day today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. You like to laugh? Well, yeah. Yes. Clearly, you're on the show. <laughs> The most laughable show on WGN. Yes, laughable is the way to describe it. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Gaffigan are going to be doing a comedy tour together. They're going to be together? They're going to be... Well, I don't think they're going to be on stage at the same time. Oh, okay. One will be opening for the other. I presume Gaffigan for Seinfeld, right? I guess that makes sense. I don't know. They're both pretty huge names. Yes, they are. Comedy, but... They're going to be at the United Center. They just added a second show. They sold out the first show. So now they're going to be at the United Center November 9th and 10th. Okay. Hmm. Tickets are going to go on sale uh, the 23rd, June 23rd at uh, 10 a.m. All right. Through Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. All right. I have no ending for this. I'm just... <laughs> this is more informational. Glad you mentioned it, though. Plenty of fans for both of those. That's right. Out there. We are we are public and, service on the show, if we're nothing else. And what great phone calls we had last half hour. People the, sharing stories about their fathers. I love that. Wonderful. I love, this, I love the story about the guy who his dad taught him to change a tire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go get a jack. We don't have a jack. Let's go to Sears at Gulf Mill and uh, get it. We've got a jack. We changed the tire. Now what do I do? Take it back to Sears. <laughs> we don't need it anymore. <laughs> I love that story. Mike and the Mechanics. Hey, you laid that one down as a DJ, didn't you, Andy? I uh, certainly did. Paul Carrick on lead vocals. <laughs> a little background there from Mike Rutherford. Yeah, 1989 gold, everybody. <laughs> the living years. Boy, that song gets me every time. My, my dad's been gone for over uh. like 30 years. Uh, I had to take a breath there for a second. I'm a big softie. That song's got quite a message. Yeah, it's got a punch to it, yes. It does. It does. Uh, beautiful messages on our text line uh, <clears throat> this morning. Everybody uh, remembering their dads. We were talking about how the big thing for my dad, pet peeve, always be on time, right? Oh, mine too. Yeah, always, mine too. always yeah. be on time. Dad had his watch set about five minutes fast, so he would be always uh, be on, on time. time. Yeah. Yeah, my dad told me to do that. And then I thought, well, I know that it's five minutes fast. <laughs> I'll know that I have five minutes to be late. <laughs> Didn't, uh, that never made sense to me. But I do try to be on time. Uh, and somebody uh, texted in 708 area code said, my dad taught me to get to work in time so I could sit and have a cup of coffee before starting. 
Isn't that nice? Oh, okay, to get psyched up for the day, that's probably. Like a, that's such yeah. a dad thing. Get there early enough so you can sit down and have a cup of coffee yeah, before starting. Sure. And it says here, in 43 years of nursing, uh, I live by this rule. The only time I was ever late was due to bad weather. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, sent me a copy of a poem that they wrote for their dad. Um, that uh, it says, I wrote this for my dad years ago, describes him to a T. And this poem, it's kind of lengthy, but uh, how about this for a couple of, just a couple of opening statements. The Father's Promise, Sense of Morning Coffee, Old Spice, and Sawdust. I just, uh, had, hmm. I just had to see the words Old Spice there, and that brought back a million memories. That was, the that, aftershave, was that your father's that aftershave of choice? That was my dad's uh, old uh, yeah. cologne of choice or whatever. You mm-hmm. um, we got him old, uh, old Spice every occasion. Birthday, birthday, Father's Christmas, Day, Father's Day, everything. Yeah. He must have had five thousand bottles of that. <laughs> um, what else do we have? Oh, here's uh, a text. Uh, my greatest memory of my dad was him teaching me to drive. Boy, do I ever have memories of that! <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Wow. When I was little, I was like inappropriately small, and he would take us to. Um, rainbow beach on the south side there's like kind of a windy you know driveway and if nobody was there it was perfect for a kid to learn to drive uh because uh, you couldn't couldn't hit anything it was perfect so i don't know i must have been i don't know maybe 10 years old or something he would put me in his lap he'd move me over put me right in his lap i couldn't reach the pedals but I had my hands on that big old steering wheel, that 59 Chevy Biscayne, which was, you know, one of those cars that, you know, now there are airplanes that size. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we drove around that uh, park, that beach, uh, and I just thought I was the biggest man in the world <laughs> driving, that, driving that thing. And we used to do it at the uh, junior high parking lot down the street from our house. Yeah. That was a big Ford LTD. Those were big cars, too. That was a big too. boat, too, yeah. Yeah, those were big boats, too. We had a 1960 Oldsmobile, and uh, mm, fancy. Uh, neighborhood was had a, a couple of streets that, you know, weren't heavily traveled. So uh, every once in a while, same thing, you know, put you up behind the wheel, like the Bruce Springsteen song says, and uh, couldn't reach the pedals, but uh, you got to steer the steering wheel, you know, right, right. move yeah. it around. Yeah, he would take my brother and I, and we would take turns. Uh, what what patience fathers have? Because <laughs> we were complete oh, numbskulls. Wow, <laughs> complete idiot numbskulls. Uh, you know, goofing around and blowing the horn, <laughs> stupid <laughs> stuff. But then when we got older, I mean, we had kind of a sense when we when I, we were able to reach the pedals. Then he took us out into the on the streets on the side streets, and we would drive around. I have like very 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 firm memories of uh you know learning to drive from my dad did you take driver's ed in high school i did but i already knew how to you already okay so you you were doing this before you were doing any driver's ed in in school right because you had you had to take driver's ed to get your permit get your permit and then ultimately your license yeah yeah so by then i was you know i wasn't even holding the steering wheel with two hands i was palming it i was an experience (laughs) with your knees uh, diamond in the back some rooftop <laughs> digging the scene with the gangster lean 
seat all the way back and your arms stretched out. Totally pimpy. (laughs) My dad tried to teach me to drive the stick shift, and we were on a really small, small, small small hill right by by our house, and I could not get the car going. I can't get that. No. I could not get it going. Really? But I learned. you? No, I've tried. I just. I learned eventually. Come on, Shawnee. If I can learn, you can learn. Well, there, there's our there's our summer project. There you go. Okay. Teach Shwani how to drive stick shift. One more thing for us to do at tree time. <laughs> <laughs> Clear your cars with out of the parking lot. With that, as big as that parking lot is, I'll go right through Clear the, the building. <laughs> if you're coming to the broadcast next November, don't put your car in that Beware. parking lot. Because we're going to teach Shwani to drive stick. <laughs> I think no. Well, my dad. You will regret that. I'm my, telling you. My dad's car was automatic because he had. Uh, it was. I don't know if you remember these. It was a '59 Chevy Biscayne. I remember those. The, of course, the gigantic fins yeah. on those cars. Yeah, the, the, it, it was amazing. I mean, it, it was a pimp car. Let's be honest. <laughs> No seat belts, it right? Was, oh, of course not. No, no seat belts, and the the, the big bench seats, bench seat, in the and the front. steering wheel was about three feet in diameter. It was gigantic, and you know, just to you know, show the safety of all of that, of the four boys, you know, in the back seat. One of us was almost always in the back, laying in the back window. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm. You know where the. You oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about. Where the speakers are. Where the usually, speakers yeah. are right. Uh, one's someone's on the floor. We're jumping around, fighting and wrestling. You know, the, 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 it was decades before <laughs> seatbelts were around, or the idea of any kind of safety was involved. But I'm floored that you don't know how to drive. Safety. No, I. I uh, I have attempted. I'm, f- I'm four on the floor. <laughs> floor I have I have attempted, and I huh. just can't get it down. Uh, what is it? The coordination? Yeah, between yeah, it is. It's the timing the and clutch, the coordination. The clutch right. and the yeah. gas? I just can't do it. No. I just can't get it. Oh, you can get it. We'll teach you. <laughs> on your car well, me, you you now can do it Andy. Yeah, i can do it yeah. you can do it andy right. let me put it to let me put it to him in a way he'll understand uh shawani you remember the andy griffith episode where aunt b learned yes. how to drive oh yes yes i do <laughs> now you're speaking his language That's, that is that you trying to drive yeah, that was me yes or the one where barney bought the car that was uh only driven by a only little old driven lady. by right the little here old go. lady here we go right here we go down the Andy Griffith rabbit hole again. That was my husband's name, <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> uh, I learned to drive automatic, but my oldest brother, uh, he had a stick shift car, and he uh, taught me how to drive stick. Okay. Well, this is our this is our summer project now. No. Summer starts Wednesday, by the way. I know. I know. When's the weather going to catch up? Yeah, how about it? I don't mind it though, being a little on the chilly side. Well, let's see. I uh, prefer that to 99 degrees. Yeah. I'm well, actually, uh, the forecast nice. uh, here, Tim Joyce uh, says this morning, temperatures uh, creeping up toward 90 by the end of the week. Mm. So we're going to have a busy tree time show uh, because not only are we going to teach Shawnee to drive a stick shift. That could be the highlight of the whole show when you actually drive through the showroom <laughs> at tree time. When you, bust, when you bust through the wall. Well, and, that was just like the other Andy Griffith episode where Goober put the car in the courthouse. <laughs> it's the same he rebuilt thing. it. He rebuilt the car inside the courthouse. 
See what you started today? The um, we you know last week we were talking about how I am now uh, ordained to uh, legally uh, perform marriages. We've had several people that want to get married. I'm not surprised. I've had several. I'm not surprised. Several people that want to re, uh, you know renew their vows with us, hmm. and several people who would just like to get married at uh, tree time. So. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna work on having that as well, and we will not have to play the clip "Hold Hands, You Lovebirds" <laughs> when we do this. He's trying to take me down a Three Stooges rabbit hole now. <laughs> I'm not taking the bait. Will uh, Will Schwanny be driving the car that says no. "Just Married" after that? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, with we're the gonna, cans yeah. banging on the pig. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think we do the whole marriage thing and get that over with, so we can send the happy couple off on their <laughs> life together, okay. and then we'll do the Schwanny disaster. <laughs> okay. Good, good, good plan. Or as I'm already now calling it, the Poseidon adventure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Dean uh, Richards, Sunday morning show. Happy Father's Day. Be doing something nice for dad if uh, you're going to be doing a little grilling for dad today. You're going to want to stick around for our food time segment. We've got uh, the head master griller, the grill master, I believe, is his uh, exact title uh, from Weber. He's going to be joining us with some tips and ideas. I want to talk to him a little bit about this whole griddle trend which is going on right now. It's the hottest thing in outdoor cooking. People uh, are either buying uh, griddles, outdoor griddles, and loving them, uh, or, you know, getting uh, little, you know, like pancake griddles, basically, and putting them on their outdoor grills. Weber has uh, just come out with a full-size griddle that you put over the grates. Um, You know, uh, people love them. I I, I love the idea. I've got a small griddle, you know, one that... uh, you know, might be two, three feet long, something like that, but it's only like one foot wide. So if you want to do pancakes outside or, you know, something, I did some smash burgers on them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I like him. I like my grill. I like my grill grill. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, old school. I like, uh, you know, if, if you're going to do it in a, uh, on a griddle, why not just cook inside? I mean, that's it, it, isn't that basically the same thing? I like the idea of you know being able to to grill food the way it was intended to be grilled outside. Anyway, we're going to talk with uh, the Weber folks on the Food Time Show about an hour from now. So I hope you can stick around for that. And coming up uh, right after the eleven thirty news update, Chris Hemsworth, the mighty Thor from uh, the Avengers movies and the Thor movies. Uh, Chris Hemsworth now starring in uh, his own new franchise uh, called Extradition, uh, which is uh, it's the second movie in this series. They've already announced that there is going to be a third um, uh, extradited film. Uh, This one that has just come out, it's on Netflix, uh, is really fun. I mean, they have upped the action and excitement and fighting. And uh, I mean, there's a 21 minute uh, escape from prison scene, which uh, literally you have to stop and think to take a breath. That's how uh, exciting it is. So we talked with uh, Chris Hemsworth and the director of the movie. We'll share that with you uh, in its entirety coming up after uh, 11.30. And we're going to do another one of our segments, Brag About Your Dad. The phone lines exploded when we did it earlier, where we just open up the phone lines and have you call in 
and brag about uh, your dads and what he uh, means to you now, what he meant to you, uh, what he gave to you that you carry on through your life. It was really interesting hearing some of those stories. So that's going to be uh, coming up in just a bit as well. 1136. Dean Richard Sunday morning on WGN and time for our A-list interview with the stars. Earlier this week, Dean Richards was in New York City, New York, uh, interviewing the cast of a couple of movies. Uh, There's a new Wes Anderson movie that I can't wait to tell you about. It's coming out next week, but it stars uh, Scarlett Johansson and Jason Schwartzman. And uh, Oscar winner Adrian Brody. Uh, who else? Jeffrey Wright. Uh, there, there's a long list of stars in that movie that we talked to everybody for that. But also uh, sat down one-on-one with uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, one of the big Marvel stars, one of the big action Marvel stars. He plays the mighty Thor uh, in the Thor movies that uh, came out several years ago and also in the Avenger movies. And uh, branching out now, he is in a new franchise, which is called Extraction. Uh, He had a a movie out uh, maybe three years ago called Extraction, you know, kind of uh, an action thriller. Uh, He goes in and kicks butt and, you know, saves a bunch of people. And uh, this new movie that he's got out that's on Netflix, by the way, uh, is called Extraction 2. And uh, this time he breaks out of a Georgian prison cell, not the state of Georgia, but Georgia as in formerly the Soviet Union, uh, breaks into this horrible uh, jail and busts out a family which has been put in the jail uh, along with uh, a, a relative of a terrible crime family that's there. Uh, th- this movie is so full of action uh, it is literally breathtaking. There were times where when I watched this movie at the premiere uh, in New York the other night uh, where I literally had to stop and like think to breathe. Uh, that's how exciting this movie was. And I'm normally not a huge fan of films like this. I mean, there have been so many of them, but this one just really, really, really uh, goes over the top. And uh, it's called, uh, as I said, Extraction 2. And we uh, were lucky enough to sit uh, for a few minutes and chat with uh, not only the um, star of the movie, uh, Chris Hemsworth, but also the director of the movie as well. And um, this is uh, a little bit about what they told us. It's incredibly exhausting, the whole process. I mean, the... I had just finished shooting Thor Love and Thunder and I came straight to, to Prague where we were rehearsing for a couple of months and um, and I was a lot bigger and bulkier than I would have preferred to be but it immediately it was about you know having better, better, better cardio, fitness, uh, a lot more flexibility, functionality, um, a lot more martial arts training and then just the sheer nature of shooting for 14 hours a day and then rehearsals, that was the training in itself but... Um, it's the, the the immersive experience and you say like it was exhausting watching I think the reason it's resonating with people is because we are exhausted you know that that's real the blood sweat tears all that all of it is is truthful and by the end of the take you're swinging for the fences and just 
screaming for someone to call cut because you are exhausted. But it's an author, there's an authenticity and, and, and truth there on screen that you can't create, recreate properly on a green screen, um, you know, in sunny Hollywood, California. Um, there's a the grit and the grind here that was, was necessary. Yeah. So, you know, if it was pretty real and pretty organic then, it had to be pretty dangerous for you as well. Were there certain scenes where you were like, hmm, I don't know. Look, it's, you, you know, it's, I always say you've got two parts of the brain that are screaming for intention. And one is the, you know, the, the, the survival and it's saying, get out of here, go, this is crazy. And then the other side, you go, no, no. We've prepped, we've trained, the safety team, everything is in place to ensure that this is going to you know, be, be as smooth as possible. But it's always the roll of the dice, there's always a risk. The, yep. the scene yep. where I was on top of the train, trains moving 50 miles an hour, there's a helicopter 20 feet in front of me flying backwards. That was pretty damn exciting and terrifying. Um, yeah. And Sam's in the middle of it, you know, with the camera. Loving every minute of it. Every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So is the, I mean, is the bar set higher now because of the Tom Cruises and the John Wicks and it's like everybody is going to 11 or 12 yeah, even yeah, yeah. now you know with everything yep. did you, you feel like you needed to do something similar yeah the pressure is always present when you have so many great filmmakers and so many amazing action movies yet the, you mentioned them so the, the Wicks and the, the, the Mission Impossibles of the world that they have elevated action movies and we're, you know, we're trying to compete and I think the way we do that is what Chris was saying is, is by being truthful and like pushing ourselves to a level of growth that we haven't you know experienced before so making ourselves uncomfortable yeah let's go a little further with this take than we maybe feel comfortable not to a point of danger but a point of growth and i think all as a director all i can do you know there's 10 different people would take this movie and do it 10 different ways and all of which would be legitimate and probably exciting all i can offer is a specific point of view that I bring and in a way of approaching action and yeah. hopefully audiences um, you know relate to that and have an immersive experience which yeah. it seems like you did I definitely did but you know what uh, both of you amidst all this action and excitement and adrenaline is this very touching story mm-hmm. of your your storyline of your the son in the movie who mm-hmm. you lose to cancer so amongst this bigness is this beautiful touching story yeah. that really makes this movie rather complete yeah i think i wonder now that your kids are older i mean you must have approached this in a, a different way or felt something yeah. different being a father yourself yeah, absolutely it's, it's not hard to put yourself in the shoes of the character if there are things that are certainly familiar and and having children myself the you know the thought of even losing a child in any way shape or form uh, it immediately, you know, it brings up all the necessary emotion to be truthful for what this character is going through. And it was, I think, what we were most excited about. We knew we could elevate the action and that was going to be there. But to have a stronger emotional component and actually take away the, uh, the, the, the action, there's still this beautiful story and a drama about people and, and uh, you know, the, 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 there's this individual who's burying emotion and pain and guilt and shame... Um, unable to express that um, for us was I think gives it the audience there's this much stronger anchor and a hook now to the character so when you you're watching these the action scenes no matter how fantastical they are you're emotionally invested and you're empathizing with them and you're rooting for them based on you you know what they're going through emotionally and and if you don't have that it's just a bunch of noise those scenes whereas 
I think um, the integration of the two is so, so necessary and something that I'm really proud of how it turned out. Yeah, it's. Uh, I got to say, you know, this is normally not my kind of movie. I, I can appreciate when an action film is uh, well done, though. But I really got invested in this. I think part of it was because of this personal story of father and son, but also because uh, this is an action movie that really, really, really goes over the top. It's called Extraction 2. That was director Sam Hargrave, by the way, uh, in there with Chris Hemsworth talking about their new project. And uh, they did just confirm there will be uh, an Extraction 3 that will be coming out, presumably to Netflix, as uh, this one is. The top movies of the weekend, uh, DC Comics' The Flash wound up being the number one movie. Uh, It did earn more money than all the other films out there, but all the industry analysts are saying it performed way below uh, what all the expectations were for it. Elemental, the Disney Pixar movie, uh, also uh, underperforming what industry experts thought a Disney Pixar movie would uh, uh, deliver, uh, you know, because uh, kid movies uh, always do exceptionally well. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I think is one of the best movies of the year, by the way, not just animated, but uh, I think it's just a really solid film. That drops down to the number three spot. Transformers Rise of the Beasts is after that, and then uh, Disney's live-action movie, The Little Mermaid, uh, is rounding out the top five movies of the weekend. Uh, you know Producer Jack. Have you met? Uh, uh, yes, I have. Have met you met Jack. Producer Jack? Jack, Jack he's and worked... I are, are, are on friendly terms. He's, uh, well, that's not what he Which says. Which is more than I can say. No, never mind. That's not what he says about you. <laughs> uh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Uh, poor Jack has been reminding me for the last half hour that I was supposed to say something. Uh, you know, a, a, a sponsor mention. Mm-hmm. mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might help. Uh, that's what got to pay the bills here. Uh, yeah, you don't get high quality talent like us. <laughs> now, you know, advertise three of the best riveters that ever riveted. That's right. That's right. At your service, day, day and night. night, we do our job and do it right. Heck <laughs> me. Uh. So he's been reminding me every single break for the last half hour. That you haven't read. Every single break he goes, don't forget that you have to read. And you didn't do it. So-and-so. And And I go, oh, I'll do it uh, next. I'll do it next. And then I forget. Well, why don't you just do it? What? Do what? (laughs) What you're supposed to read because. (laughs) Poor guy. This is why I go through so many previews. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Yeah, you blame me every time they leave then. Yeah. Just, just trying to keep us on the air. Well, you're a major part of it, though. <laughs> there was one time. That- I had one one producer, two, three producers ago, uh, said, why does he always talk about the Three Stooges? I don't even know who they are. You know, most of our producers aren't old enough to know. The- Jack, do you know the Three Stooges? I, I know who they are, yeah. But you don't know. Do you ever watch them? Have you ever watched them? No, I don't think so. If I talk to you, if I talk to you about Bud Anderson and Princess, do you know what I'm, oh, who I'm referring brother, to? Please, uh, I, bar- I barely know who they are. <laughs> most most of the time, I don't know what you're you talking about. You don't know about. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Join the rest of the audience. <laughs> Who would be your favorite TV father then? Or are you twenty five? Yeah, um, he's twenty five. I did years. watch the Brady Bunch, so Mr. Brady was a good one. Yeah, I liked uh, Mike Hack on the middle. 
Oh. Yeah, he was good. Was and good one, yeah. tre- I've seen Treat Williams on a few things. Everwood, so. yeah. Yeah. Do you those even know what 20 now? Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, uh, yeah, I do. Are those new shows? New, Newer, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> 20 years old. <laughs> well, <laughs> to us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Are those shows older than the T-shirt that Schwanny is wearing this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you noticed that I still haven't read the thing that Jack told me I was supposed no, to read? No, you haven't. You haven't. We, no, like always, we've got off to go on to, a tangent. I was about to go to a break. Another and break I, I and we'll forget fr- about it. The All right, I'm going to be quiet so you can read this. <laughs> now we have dead air. Wonderful. Well, I'm trying to set this up properly. <laughs> This is for the A-list interview, which was on like, already on like six hours ago. <laughs> Sponsored by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Are you happy? Are we done? Happy now, Jack? Yes. Mm, okay. I'm stress free now. <laughs> you know, Jack, there was one producer we had a number of years ago uh, where I was accused of the fact that. Uh, he was leaving because he had had it with me. Yeah, most, uh, most Dean, of the producers. Well, on the air, Dean me. said, this is Joey's last day because he's had it with you. Wow. No. Yeah. It's true. I haven't gotten there yet. No, you haven't. But... <laughs> That's what he's telling you now. <laughs> you should hear what he says when I turn the microphones off. <laughs> you should hear what most of us have to say about you when the microphones <laughs> I don't even want to go there. Let me go to a break because i got a few things i got to tell well, you. Well, we haven't talked about Car 54. Where are you yet? <laughs> Song for my father on this Father's Day 2023. You know, Richard Marks. Chicago's own Richard Marks wrote that song. Beautiful, beautiful song for this Father's Day. And leading us into another segment of Brag About Your Dad. Uh, We did this a little bit earlier where we just opened up the phone lines uh, and the text line. Although I would love to hear you, uh, you know, on the phone telling the stories about your dad, uh, bragging about your fathers. Uh, tell me who your dad was. Take a minute, couple of minutes, you know, whatever, and uh, tell us, uh, you know, your dad, how he influenced you or continues to influence you. Uh, tell us uh, what he meant to you. Uh, brag about your dad. That's uh, what we're going to do right now. Three one two. Nine eight one seven two hundred. The lines are open right now, so we'll get right to your uh, phone calls uh, when you uh, give us a give us a, a shout right now. Uh, so many messages about uh, dads today. Such great memories that I, I think really resonate. Somebody uh, uh, texted earlier about Old Spice aftershave lotion. And man, did that ever ring true with me. My dad splashed that on like there was no tomorrow. He loved his uh, Old Spice. Um, Here's another from the 407 area code. As a kid, I remember helping my dad mow the lawn with those old-fashioned manual scissor blade mowers that were really hard to push. He pushed and I helped. But in reality, I was probably more in the way that I was helping but we were doing something together, and that's all that mattered. It matters. And every Father's Day now, when I mow the lawn, my thoughts go back to that simpler time. Uh, people remembering great moments with their dads and, you know, what, what they meant. 312-981-7200, and uh, we'll go to the phone lines here. And this is Sam on the phone lines. 
I believe this might be a name uh, kind of familiar to our WGN audience. Uh, Sam Panianovich, senior, joining us uh, on the line today. Uh, Sam, Sam Panianovich, who did sports for us here uh, for years. This is Sam's dad, also famous in Chicago. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, happy Father's Day, young man. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are, how are you doing over there on the on the south side? Well, south side has uh, always been my home, and it'll always be my home. And, uh, yeah, proud to be there and from there, and glad I'm still here at 77 now, you know? God bless you. Well, it's, it's been a long time since we've uh, seen you. Uh, and you're calling up to uh, remember your dad, huh? Well, I am. Yeah, I, I was listening to the radio as I was driving out to a uh, 70, 70-year-old baseball tournament that I play in Very for nice. old-timers, and I heard it, and I tried calling, and we ran out I of got time. on the late call. Yeah, I ran out of time. We That's ran okay, out of time, but yeah. i got to say one thing before we go. Swanee, who i got to say, there I've never seen a, a man talk more proudly and his eyes sparkle when he talked about his dad That's when right. I used to come down to the station. That's right. And we would say, what are you doing? He said, as soon as I get it off, I'm going to pick up my dad, and we're going out for yeah, dinner. We always, went, we always went out after the show. That's right. And the, the sparkles in his eyes when he talked about his dad. <laughs> yep, so yep. God bless you, and happy Father's Day to Swanee. Good to hear your voice, and happy Father's Day to you, sir. Yes. Yeah, Swanee's dad was uh, a, you know, a exceptional uh, man, a great father. Uh, all all of our eyes uh, sparkled whenever we talked with Paul Schwann. He was uh, you were you were lucky, uh, Schwann, to have such a, a an amazing dad. Beyond belief. Yeah. yeah. Although, anyway, although dad, Sam, let me Sam, let me say. Go ahead. I'm I, sorry. I'm a little shocked that uh, he never taught Schwann to drive a stick shift. <laughs> oh, well, he didn't trust them. He didn't trust them. <laughs> now the truth is coming out. Now the truth is coming out. Yep. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, my dad, I got to tell you, um, died too young in his early 60s, but he was a World War II vet, and he was always proud of his red, white, and blue. And I got to say that the thing that he taught me the best was to always be a friend to somebody. Mm. Uh, you know, bad times, good times is everybody's a friend, he says, but especially in bad times. And back then, we didn't have Texas or anything. He said, but a call to somebody anytime that they're down, he says, be a friend to somebody. And he said that that, that will be the best thing in the rest of your life that you can do is have friends around you at any time. And, and I remember that so much for him. And his other thing he always said is be truthful. I mean, he yeah. just, uh, we were in the restaurant business on the south side. I think you remember that, Dean, when he had a restaurant on 95th and Torrance. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I worked for him, and my dad was my buddy. He wasn't my dad, my best friend. He was my buddy. He called me buddy, and uh, it's just uh, every chance I get, I go to the cemetery, visit him, change the flowers, and put a new flag up for him. Nice. And uh, it's done me well in all my years, and my two boys, uh, I think I taught them the same way. And uh, Sammy and Adam are just, uh, I hope they're clones of their father in most respects. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you you set a pretty good role model for for your sons, uh, Sammy, who, as I'd mentioned, had done sports here at WGN for quite a long time. 
uh, he texted me this morning and said uh, that you were trying to get through on the on the phone line. And I explained to him that we ran out of time. He told me you were going to call back. I said, Sammy, why don't you come on and talk about your dad? And he said, no way. I'll start to cry. <laughs> so there's a, you know, you know that there's a lot of love there where, you know, if, if uh, you can't talk about your dad without breaking down. Uh, I was doing that yeah. all morning, thinking about my dad. You know, listening to songs we were going to play on the show and things we were going to do on the on the show today. I'm sitting back at my well, desk like a fool, you know, breaking down into tears, remembering. And then you I, know, my I, eyes are watery right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Sam, like I said earlier, it's it, uh, you. You try to think of the happy times, right? You try to mm-hmm. remember the things that made you most proud and. Uh, you know, I was talking about my dad teaching me to drive over by Rainbow Beach. You know where that is. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you know, we would we would get in his uh, his big old Chevy, and he'd put me behind the wheel, and you know, driving. You know, those kinds of things put a big smile on my face. Yep, and and that's uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, we got Mother's Day and we got Father's Day, and uh, we both so we celebrate both because we got great memories of both our parents. And in my case, and I'm assuming to both of all of you on the station there, too. And uh, I, I got to tell you one other thing, because I know you got tons of people because you're so popular, that uh, you do have a fan. You know, my wife and I spend uh, 10 months of the year down in Florida. And on Sundays, uh, we have this station on in the mornings and listen to you. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I've uh, always uh, appreciated your friendship and your kindness, and uh, it sure rubbed off on on your son, uh, Sam. Uh, He's a a terrific guy, and uh, I couldn't be happier for all of his success as well. Well, thank you, and you all have a very safe, safe Father's Day and the rest of our lives together. Happy Father's Day to you, Sam Panionovich. Thank Thank you you so much for calling, pal. Good, to, really good to hear from you. That is one of the uh, all-time great guys that we've got here in the Chicago area. Nice of him to call in twice because we didn't have time for him before. <laughs> this is going to be like when the story that Schwani was telling when I was allegedly invited to dinner uh, to a lunch with Andy Mazur's dad and Schwani's dad, and allegedly I was invited. No, to no, no. You were. And, uh, you know, he's making up some story that I said I was too busy to, you know, to whatever. Um, You were invited. I'm going to need to see some documentation on that. (laughs) I'm going to have to go through emails. (laughs) I'm going to have my lawyers check. Classified documents? Is that it? I did have some documents stored in my spare bathroom. (laughs) I was gonna it's underneath the sink. It's underneath the, the gold-plated sink that I have. I'm gonna have all that checked. Catherine, you're on WGN. Brag about your dad. Well, first of all, you really shouldn't tell people where you keep your special documents, especially on the radio. <laughs> I think most but, people um, assume that I keep them in the in the restroom. Yeah, well, I, I have no comment on that one. <laughs> but um, my dad, uh, he was a fire paramedic and firefighter. Oh, He's wow. still around. And, and uh, we're driving each other crazy, as we always did. But when he would go get really work, he, when he would work around the house on his days off, he would get really tired, and he would, he would lay down on our old couch that he actually built himself. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and I would get up, and I would when I was and I was little, I was like five years old. I'd wedge myself between him and the couch, and he'd like it would be. My mom called it synchronized napping. <laughs> oh, that's so cute! So you would just snuggle in between the cushions and your dad, and uh, also enjoy a nap. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, right under the big windows. Yeah, yeah, I miss that old couch. How about how about a show of hands here? How many of our dads? Built their own couches. How about that? Oh, and he, oh, and he renovated the house too. And he renovated uh, our our uh, a lot of our uh, vacation cottage. And he renovated my sister's old house. And they wow. sold it for like he he's one of those jacks of all trades guys who can like frame out and do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, my my father in law is an electrician. So when it came to working on my sister's sister. Sister's house. It was that came in handy too. Right, and he was. <laughs> did you say he was a fireman and paramedic? Yeah. On top of uh, you know, as if All that's this. as if that's not stressful enough and hard enough. Yeah, raising three kids. Wow. Yay. Come home and you know after after working on the fire truck or the paramedic truck, come home, build a couch, yeah. frame out somebody's house, <laughs> and then try to take a nap on the couch. And uh, little Catherine uh, wedges herself in there as well. He probably loved that yeah, well, as, uh, just as much, having, yeah, his, well, having his little girls snuggle up with him. Yeah, well, he never kicked me off, so. Yeah, that says something right there. Well, a, yeah. a special shout-out to him and a happy Father's Day. What's your dad's name? David. David, happy Father's Day, David. I had somebody else uh, text us earlier uh, saying that their dad was a fireman for 30-plus years, and uh, worked yeah, so hard, mine. came home and, uh, you know, did, did all the work around the house and also was in Normandy. So, uh, you know, boy, that's, oh. that generation. Well, my, my fortune, my father was fortunate enough to, to, uh, he barely missed the age of the draft. Yeah. So, but I, I believe a number of his friends went, so. Well, he, he sure gave back, uh, that, you know, that's for sure, and everything that he did. And, Catherine, I'm glad okay. that you uh, called up today. To wish him happy Father's Day for us, okay? Most certainly will. Have a good day. All right, you do the same. Boy, that's a beautiful call. I love that. Let me take a uh, break, and uh, we'll get to more of these in a minute. Brag about your dad. 312-981-7200. Let's see how many we can squeeze in before the news. Jerry, you're on WGN. Hello. Hi, Dean. I, I wanted to tell you first that I listen all the time to you guys, and Thank I really, en- really enjoy, despite oh, today. You're so I nice. I love today, but every Sunday when you talk about your families, I really, really love that. Oh, you're so nice. Thank you. But my dad, William Miller, um, was, a, was a wonderful man who uh, only had a grammar school education, but really amassed really a lot of stocks and money later on because he just was so so darn smart. But I wanted to tell you about the one Sunday after I graduated and I had a full-time job, I decided that I was going to take my dad out for a really nice steak dinner. So it was June, obviously, like in the 90s. And, of course, this is 1955, and nobody had air conditioning in restaurants at that point, right? Right. So so we leave. My dad has his uh, standard short sleeve shirt on and dress pants and, and leather shoes. <laughs> and uh, you get to the restaurant, and uh, nobody could enter. The men could not enter without a jacket. So oh, they have a whole line of these black blazers at oh, yeah. the front door. 
and fixed it now. It's 90-some-odd degrees, right? So my poor dad had to wear this black oh. blazer with the sleeves that were almost covering his fingers. So, you know, it was so long. So, <laughs> so we sat through the whole dinner time, and, you know, he wasn't complaining, and my mother wasn't complaining, but they were not happy campers because we really, at that point, we really never went out for dinner, so I thought this was going to be special. A real treat, But right? I can still picture my dad sitting in that black jacket. With the sleeves with the too sleeves long. Over his fingers, oh, trying to hilarious. act like he enjoyed a steak dinner. Or yeah, that's what dads do. That's what dads do. They they make you feel good, right? Right, they make you feel good. But anyway, he was he was a good man, and uh, we all miss him to this day. And the funny part, when we were growing up, my sister and I, he was so strict, but it was good. But then later on, when he was a grandpa, he was so kind to the kids and the grandchildren yeah. and we always said, where, where did the switch happen? <laughs> They're right. Not the dad we knew. Right. Growing. Yeah, very common, I think, with really strict dads who were softies with the grandkids. Exactly right. Yeah, and my, my kids and my sister's kids are like, Grandpa could never have been strict. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? Grandpa you kidding? was so nice. Right, exactly. <laughs> Grandpa is so nice and kind and easy going, but not, not before. But anyway, I love that these one stories. Father's Day when he was sitting there with that black jacket, I just can't. I just think of them all that time. So. I, hope, I hope it makes you laugh every time you think of it and all it those does. wonderful memories. I appreciate your call, Jerry. Thank you so much. Thank you for having this great program today. Father's Day 2023 and my food time show, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. Uh, today, focusing in on the grill. Uh, for Father's Day, what a better day to talk all things Weber with Dustin Green, who is the director of Weber's Grill Academy and the head grill master. Dustin, welcome back to WGN. Nice to have you on. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, thanks, Dean. Happy Father's Day to all listeners, everybody out there. This has got to be one of the biggest Weber days of the year. You know, everybody, hopefully everyone's going to be, uh, you know, treating their dad to some great, uh, you know, barbecue today out on their out on their grill uh, but I, I wanted to start off talking about this uh, griddle craze that's going on right now. Everybody is, uh, you know, griddling up a, a storm. Uh, and e- e- Weber has even responded to that by uh, putting out their own uh, grill, uh, griddle rather, that you put over your grill, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've always said at Weber and even out in the world, it's anything you can do in your kitchen, you can do out on your grill. And the awesome part about the griddles now is it just opens up the versatility and the different types of food, different meals of the day that you're able to cook on on a grill outside and and just spend more time outside with your family, with your friends and make memories. I I had a, um, you know, a small griddle that I would put on my my Weber grill. Uh, you know, if I wanted to make pancakes or, you know, something that required uh, sautéing, uh, I made some smash burgers on it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but uh, this is completely different. I mean, this completely fits over the whole top of uh, your your grill. I mean, this is it seems like is the latest trend in outdoor cooking, is it? It is, and I think you're talking like the full griddle insert that we have uh, for a right. couple spirit lines, and then and yeah, and then our Genesis, and it is. It's, it's really it, it transforms that gas grill. It makes it a full blown, you know, griddle in itself. And like you said, you could saute on it, smash burgers. I like to do fried rice. I mean, really anything you want to, mm. you know, saute and add some flavor to. Now, does that so? So does that add some of the flavor also 
Uh, if you're doing it uh, on your grill outside with a griddle attachment, uh, because otherwise I say, why not just do it inside in a pan if it's going to wind up tasting the same? Well, your grill's going to add a little bit extra flavor just because you're, you know, depending if you have an open lid or closed lid, you're going to help those flavors and those aromas circulate. So, you know, typically it will get a little bit extra. I mean, anytime you can add a, you know, caramelization to food, you're having flavor to begin with. But if you can tack in the aromas to it, you're just kind of bringing it up another another sensory uh, mechanism. Yeah. The thing that I don't like about the, you know, just kind of the regular old griddle, I don't know. It's like maybe one one foot by two feet. I don't know something like that. That you, you can make mm-hmm. three four pancakes on something like that. But I was making smash burgers. the The thing about that griddle is that there's no place for the grease to go. Uh, you know, because it's all it's fully contained. Uh, so mm-hmm. my I, I'm thinking about doing some other kind of modification now. If I want a griddle outside, because that little griddle is not cutting it for me at all. Well, with our with our gas grills, with the inserts, we really tried to think about how to how to make it a good, great uh, you know experience for a user, and and we did. We put the thought into it, like you mentioned. Some of those, with some of them, you really don't have anywhere you could put the grease, and you know we put it towards the back of our of the griddle top itself, where you're just utilizing the existing grease management system of the grill, right. and it's really trying to make it more user and user friendly. Yeah, uh, that's uh, and that's the whole uh, name of the game now. If you don't want a huge investment. Uh, you know, in, uh, you know, purchasing something completely different and, you know, how many grills can you have at, at some point? It gets a little, a little ridiculous. Uh, so for Father's Day, uh, Dustin, today, what would be some good choices for people to make? Something really, uh, you know, th- that would be really outstanding on the grill for dad today. You know, you can never go wrong with steaks. You know, burgers are always awesome. Uh, you know, for me, I like to mix in a little bit of fish as well. Cause there's always somebody that wants something a little bit lighter. I like to do my vegetables. I, I, you know, honestly, Dean, I like to take my whole meal off the grill. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such, it, uh, so versatile, so easy to do. And, you know, anything else I can add on there, asparagus, red potatoes. I mean, just, you know, top it all off. Yeah, there's nothing better. I just did some salmon and some asparagus on the grill the other day. Uh, man, that is, that's super delicious. There's, there's nothing better than that. Uh, but for these steaks now, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, have all the best intentions when they put the steaks on the grill. Where do most people go wrong? They're cooking too hot or too low, honestly. And I hate to say too hot or too low. That There is a sweet spot for cooking a steak, and it all comes back to how thick it is. You know, the thicker a steak is, the less time it's going to take, you know, to, uh, on a high heat setting, like to burn it before you cook the inside. So you want to find the happy medium. Uh, and it's really about that temperature. The internal temperature, you mean? Well, the the, the, the temperature that you're cooking your cooking the food at is actually the start. It's like oh, it's, of, it's, of the grill it's, itself. Yeah, you know that's, that's typically where people get off on the wrong foot, and, and then after that, it's they they don't allow for the food to, to keep cooking when you pull it off the grill. So you do have to undercook it a little bit, knowing that it's going to cook up in temperature as you know you're trying to get to your table to eat or it's it's resting. Yeah, for how long normally, you know, if, if you were to, you know, take your steaks off, for, for how long will it continue to cook before you should serve it? Typically, we've seen about on like a one and a half inch thick steak, which is typically what you see in the grocery stores or whenever you're buying them out, out uh, in the public. It's going to carry over for about five to seven minutes. And depending on the doneness that you want to cook to, like what we've seen is your lower doneness temperatures, your rare, your medium rare steaks, they have a higher carryover 
you know, temperature-wise than, than your higher temperatures. So we've seen a 25 to 28-degree carryover on a rare and medium-rare steak, whereas with, like, a well-done, it's only going to carry over 3 to 4 degrees, 5 degrees, and that, like, a five-minute rest. Mm. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I'll tell you what, your internal, uh, your instant read thermometer uh, is your best friend with those things, right? I mean, ever since, I I use my instant read thermometer on everything now, and it comes out perfectly every single time. Uh, don't don't you agree? That's like one of the best tools you can have out there? I 100% agree with you. There, there, there's two tools that I preach to people. It's a thermometer and it's a timer, and you can't go wrong with either one of them. Right, right, exactly. I set my phone. I use the timer on my phone, and uh, I constantly check with the uh, uh, the instant read thermometer. That's if I'm not using. I, I forget what the official name is. the 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 probe that you guys have that you put in, yeah. and it talks directly to your phone, so you can be the in. Weber, go ahead. I say the Weber Connect, a, a incredible device. It's it's a it's a probe that you put into whatever it is that you're cooking, and then by Bluetooth it connects to your phone, so you can monitor the temperature without opening and closing the grill. In some cases, it'll notify you when it uh, when it hits a certain temperature. If you have to flip something over, I mean, it's like high tech grilling at its finest. But I'll tell you what, if somebody's looking for a last-minute Father's Day gift, that is one of the greatest inventions ever if your dad, you know, loves to be out on the grill. No, that's the truth. It's a, it's a great device. And it, what we've done is, is we've really tried to look at it from trying to cover all the different foods. There, there's pork and there's fish and there's beef, lamb. There, you know, we cover the, the gamut of, of what people might want to cook and, and really just try to help them along the way of getting from point A to point B and, and really just serving a good meal. Uh, the 630 area code, Dustin, is asking, could you ask the technique for reverse searing a steak on the grill? Explain what that is, first of all. So a, a reverse sear is typically, for, for how I look at it, it's, it's a thicker steak. You know, you're two inches, you know, something that's got some good thickness to it. You're going to cook it at a lower temperature in an indirect method, meaning, like, you're not going to have your heat source underneath it. So, like, if I have a Genesis gas grill, like, my middle burner might be off, and I'll I'll season the steak up. I put it in between, you know, in the, the indirect zone, maybe at 275, 300 degrees, something that's not really going to get a lot of color on the outside of the steak. And then I bring it probably with five to seven, eight degrees where I want it to get to, say, doneness-wise, because when you're cooking at the lower temperatures, the, the carryover is not going to be as great. But once, once I get close to the temperature I want, say, for doneness for eating, like, say, that, that five to seven we thought I mentioned, I'm going to take it off the grill, and then I'm going to crank that grill's heat up, and I'm going to get it nice and hot, 550, 525 degrees, just really ripping, and then you sear it off at the end and you take it off the grill. Okay. All so, right. So you're, basically you're baking the food first, right? If you have it at that lower temperature, you're, you're, bringing, you're, you're cooking it internally slowly to get it up to correct temperature and then just browning at the end, right? Yeah, for the most part. I, I mean, and some people use some wood they'll put in there to add a little bit of a smoke flavor to it, you know, while it's kind of doing. And it takes some time, like I said, depending on the thickness of the steak and the cut. It'll take 45, 50, 60 minutes sometimes with the larger cuts of steak to really get them where you want to go. But what you get is this beautiful, 
even color steak when you cut into it. It's got a nice char and sear on the outside, and yeah. you know you have the doneness that you want. It, it, it's really a great steak. Well, if and if you've got any kind of thickness to whatever it is that you're grilling, you you sort of have to do it that way, right? Because if you if you sear it on the outside first, if you have a thick piece of meat and you sear it on the outside first, and then slowly cook it, you could burn up the outside. You know, you you want that to be the last thing that you do, not the first thing that you do. No, you're 100% correct. And, you know, typically we'll, we'll bring that indirect element into it. If the steak is, you know, about a 20 minutes or more, that's when you really have to start looking at a reverse here or using that indirect, like you said, because you don't want to get too much color on it early on in your cook. 708 area code is asking, what is the best way to cook lamb chops an inch and a half thick on a charcoal grill? Awesome. I love lamb chops. I just cooked some last week. I'm simple. For me, it's it's oil, salt, and pepper. I like to get that grill nice and hot for, for an inch and a half inch uh, lamb chop, about 525 degrees. Single flip, maybe going to cook for four to five-ish minutes aside tops. I pull them off at about 105 degrees, back to that uh, thermometer that we talked about. Let them rest, and you'll have a beautiful medium rare. Okay. All right. So uh, you're you're co- so you're cooking on one side at a pretty high oh, temperature, flip. right? Yep, in a single flip. So cook okay. it on the one side for about four to five minutes, tops, inch and a half. Yeah, it'd be about four minutes. Flip it over, it'll be about another four minutes. So you're looking oh. at about seven to eight minutes total cook. Okay. So fairly high temperature then, uh, four to five minutes on each side then. Yep. Oh, that sounds good. I would add uh, I, I would add uh, a little oregano on there. Just this is just me. Uh, I w- along with that olive oil, I would mix in some lemon uh, and uh, you know baste the, the lamb chops as I'm cooking. I would marinate it first in that, and then use that marinade uh, to baste uh, as I'm cooking, and that just gives it a little sharpness uh, to the to the lamb chops. But I'm a hundred percent with you. I love lamb chops on the grill. I like your style, adding that lemon and that lime. That's, that's a, that is adding extra flavor to it. It sounds awesome. Yeah, a little a little rosemary. You marinate with some rosemary. I mean, add, add in some flavors. Uh, man, it, it just uh, goes crazy. Uh, how about dessert on the grill? On my uh, TV cooking segment this week on uh, our Weber grill that we've got over at the TV station, I was going to do a, a strawberry rhubarb cobbler in a cast iron pan. Uh, I, I cut the rhubarb, I cut the strawberries, uh, some sugar, a little cornstarch, uh, and then I put like a biscuit topping on top of the fruit uh, and then put it in the grill. The whole thing bakes and is, is super easy, super delicious, super sweet. The tartness of the, the rhubarb, the sweetness of the strawberries. Uh, I'm going to do it all Wednesday about 930 on TV. But what are some good dessert uh, ideas that you might have, Dustin? You know, you mentioned, like, the, the cobbler, and we do a lot of cobblers at work. We do a lot of cookies where you can just, you know, anything that you can do in your oven, you can do on the grill. You know, it's going to get those nice aromas and going in there. Chocolate chip cookies are great. We do brownies. We'll do, like, a salted caramel brownie um, out of the grill. We've done, like I said, we've done cakes. We've done the cobblers. So walk, um, walk me you know, back to the cookies for a second now. So if I'm going to do some chocolate chip cookies on the grill, am I using a, a cookie sheet? How, how am I doing this? 
We'll actually use them, in a, and if you have a Genesis grill or any of the ones that that can be fitted with our with our crafted outdoor kitchen collection accessories, we'll use the pizza stone, oh. and you'll preheat your grill and get it going about 350, 375 degrees, and we'll put those cookies in. We'll put them right onto that that pizza stone, oh. and we'll let the grill do the work, and we'll bake them right on there. That is a fantastic idea to do it on the on the pizza stone. Yeah, it, it works incredible. You get just a nice, evenly cooked cookie. I mean, anything like just like you take out of your oven at home it, it, in the kitchen. It, but they came out of the grill, so they got they're just a little bit better. Yeah, well, also that pizza stone, it's going to add a little crispness, isn't it, to the uh, the, the cookie batter itself? Yes, it does. I love that. Uh, how about a fruit on the grill? Are you a fan of that? I've done uh, peaches on the grill. I've done pears on the grill. Uh, I did a whole pineapple on the grill once. I cored it out and uh, did a whole pineapple on the grill once. It was delicious. It sounds delicious. You know, I, I'm the same. I, I love fruit on the grill. You know, if you're going to, I've used fruits, you know, grilled fruits to like infuse water. We've done limes and watermelons and cantaloupes and all that kind of stuff. We've done the pineapples too. And it, you mentioned pineapple. And one thing I like to do with some of the fruits is you, you brush them with a little bit of butter and you sprinkle them with the brown sugar before you grill them. Ooh, yeah. And it's, you get this beautiful candy-coated fruit that comes off the grill. It has a, a nice grill mark to it. It almost has that crunchiness that you get off of a, a creme brulee. Yeah. And you get the extra flavor and the sugar. And you, you really just can't go wrong. So, but you, you could really grill, you can grill all fruits. You know, we've done strawberries, all of them. Everything. Really? Strawberries? I would, I would think strawberries might be too delicate to, to do on a grill. Anything we found with delicateness, like you've got to hit them with a really high heat, and they don't need to be on very long. Okay. All right. So you're kind of kind of softening them up a little bit. I mean, the strawberries that I'm putting in this cobbler, it's going to be in a cast iron pan. So, you know, every, mm-hmm. everything is uh, like kind of self-contained in there. But, uh, yeah, I can see if you've got some nice big strawberries, some of those big ones. Um, I like to skewer them. So I'll take oh. them and I'll find ones that are kind of consistent in size. And then if you have a soaked wood skewer, and I'll kind of go every of like one direction, and then I'll flip the, the strawberry over to so have like the thick part by the thin, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that I can get as much of that strawberry touching the grate as I can, because we're going to rip them. We're going to hit them at about 550 degrees. Oh. You just really want to kiss these things. They're going to take color in about 40, 30, 45 seconds, and you get them off. And they still have the – they're not – mushy like you would if you left them on they still have a nice bite to them yeah yeah that sounds great now i'm thinking maybe after you're done with those maybe serve them with some uh some vanilla ice cream maybe something like that absolutely or like a little strawberry shortcake and uh, all kinds of different things you can do with them or how about some nice nice hot chocolates like a hot fudge on top of the strawberries I, I haven't had lunch yet today. You're making me hungry. <laughs> I'm making myself hungry with that. That sounds fantastic. Wow. All right. So if we want to get the latest and greatest, I know you guys have new accessories and things all the time. Uh, this griddle craze is uh, the latest, but you can learn more about that and uh, see all the other cool toys uh, that uh, Weber has. What's the best way to get info on all that? You know, check us out, Weber.com. We're, we're constantly uh, updating it and getting all the new stuff out there, hitting it with new content, new recipe ideas, and, and really just trying to get people to stir some creativity, get them into the backyards, and, and keep cooking. And you guys have some great recipes on there also that are super easy to follow, right? Uh, same place, Weber, mm-hmm. Weber.com? 
same place, Weber.com, or if you have your Connect, everything's in the app. We, we just released a, a new version uh, of our Connect app that's got a lot more great features to it, some graphing and, and a lot more recipes. We have hundreds of recipes that are in there now, too. So always evolving and always updating. I'm telling you what, this Bluetooth uh, temperature thing is the greatest inven- uh, in, uh, invention ever. Uh, I can sit in the nice air conditioning on my couch, watch TV, lay on my couch, and keep an eye on my phone instead of going outside in the hot weather and checking the food. It's the lazy man's dream is maybe the best way to put it. Uh, I love that. Dustin, it's always great to talk to you. I hope we can check in again uh, sometime during the summertime as we get into full grill season. Thank you. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate it. Dustin Green is the director of Weber's uh, Grill Academy and their head grill master. That is going to wind it up for us today. I appreciate you listening. I hope you all have a wonderful Father's Day. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Bob Saracho, 8 to 8.30, Monday through Friday. Always having some fun with Bob, talking entertainment, of course, on the WGN-TV Morning News as well. This week and tomorrow morning in particular, I'll be talking uh, one-on-one with Scarlett Johansson about her brand-new movie that she made with Wes Anderson.